Welcome to Breeder Syndicate. What's up, cool cats and kittens? How you doing? We're gonna have a fun time today. So in a little bit, we will be joined by Natsu. Oh, here he is. What's up, What's up buddy? I put out your favorite guitar. Oh, I see that. Yeah, all for you. Indeed. I mean, this background is nicer than the yellow two-tone. Yeah, it is. It is. It it's is nice, better nice. than the nicer two-tone. Yeah. 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 So I'm waiting for some people to pop in, and then we can get started. Um, we're going to talk about a few different lines. We're going to talk some Northern Lights, I believe. I think we're going to talk some uh, Widow, which we've never done. Um, no, not yet. We haven't covered that. We probably should devote a full episode to just the White family at some point. But um, I figure it definitely we can touch changed on it things. Yeah, it definitely changed changed uh, everything post ninety five. Yeah, is that a ninety five thing? It, it, uh, yeah, it's a ninety five thing. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of dominated uh, that and its hybrids for probably a good twenty years. Know, <laughs> well, I mean, at least. At least the next five or ten, you know, it yeah. ended up winning a, it and its children and its cousins and stuff won a bunch of cups and it ended up getting crossed to everything. Everything known to man and F-Gend and copied and renamed. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember when um, there used to be this, uh, there used to be this like harvest festival uh, that got thrown at the end of every every season up by me and it was kind of like word of mouth is that the uh, uh the ncga one yeah indeed 10 percent ron 10 percent ron oh, indeed but i mean it was like a place where like you know csi and and flat like the, a lot of people from like the forums and you know that were movers and shakers in both america and europe kind of came out you know mm -hmm. uh and what's funny about that is like when I first went to those things, I was like hoping because, I, you know, whatever it was, 20 some years ago now. So I was in my 20s, obviously, I was hoping to meet like old timers like me that yeah. had what I that had things that I wanted. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get to go to this thing and I'm going to meet all these people. And it was like everything that was popular on Cannabis World. BCGA stuff. I mean, you know, not that it was bad, but I just mean like no. Blue yeah. Widow, you know, Apollo 13, Apollo 11, Genius, um, yeah. you know, but but the but the two most common things that were crossed then was, well, the three were it's probably the Blue family, yeah. the White family, and some stuff like Sweet Tooth that was coming out of Steve. Yeah, and which People was part taking, of the Blue family. Yeah, people were taking yeah. males of that stuff and crossing it to everything. Yeah. Literally everything. So just about everything there, not everything there, but a lot of things there were some combination of those three families bred into everything else. Yeah. 
So there was white everything. So let's start with uh, the white tails. Do you want to start with Shanti or Ingemar or somewhere in between? Uh, we can uh, we can start with. I guess we'll start with. I guess we'll start with Shanti. Okay. Right. The great so place. So what's an absolute fact is like in 1995, uh, Neville and Sensi and that whole crew, they still kind of uh, dominated the scene, right? Yeah. And Shanti at the, uh, at the Greenhouse label, uh, he released White Widow, right? Which had a combination of it was different than all the stuff that other people... It wasn't just a renamed, rehashed thing, which is yeah. so common right now and but the, back then in Europe too, right? Yeah. It wasn't a rehash, it was something new. And it was a super frosty, potent, um, high THC Afghani that crossed well with things. And it sort of turned cannabis on its head. Yeah. I think it had a killer name, you know? And that was like back in the day when you'd get those like high times with the super nice spreads for the cannabis cups and like white everything which just started being labeled throughout yeah. all those winters. It looked gorgeous, um, all that type of stuff. So, so that's indisputable is Shanti came out with a seed line. Yeah. About everything else about it is, is I guess you could say is disputable. Uh, there's versions that exist, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's one version which Shanti will tell you that he bred it and it came from his stuff yep. and it, and it's a, you know, and you know, that's, that's where it came from. It came from his travels and his stuff and he brought it there. There's another, there's another story that is kind of promoted by like, I guess Arjun would be it and Ingmar. And, and uh, pretty much all of Amsterdam is uh, on the Ingmar side as, as best I asked, you know, all the, so Ingmar, there. Ingemar is this is this Dutch gentleman, and supposedly in like eighty nine or ninety, he was smoking hash, and out of the hash fell a few seeds. Yeah, which is pretty uncommon, but some it must have gotten just pressed in there or whatever. Yeah. and so he found this thing that was supposedly like uh, maybe the cut of White Widow, and they started selling it at grow stores, right? And yeah. they started selling it to friends and they started passing it around. And, um, you know, Arjun claims that he bought it from dude years before Shanti got involved and all that. Yep. Um, so where it came from and who developed it and all that, there's kind of two camps and it depends on who you talk to. All those dudes have beef with one another. <laughs> so it can be kind of hard to uh, get like past the beef. But yeah. definitely where it became, what made it famous was it being released, Shanti releasing another greenhouse label in 95. Yeah. And in and, and fairness, you're always good at passing the beef, dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, what's interesting about that actually is that, so when I was a kid and I was going over to Amsterdam a bunch, there was a bunch of dudes then that were in their 40s. Now they're in their 60s and 70s, I guess, right? Yeah. And they, a lot of, there was camps, just like we have now in California. There's people that had beefs with each other. There are people that felt wronged on deals that went bad or partnerships that went to skew or that motherfucker has my cut or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Amsterdam in the 90s is actually like a pretty good indicator of cannabis in now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because humans are the same. Yep. Like we don't change all that much. So all the same type of interactions and all the same like, well, you get credit 
you got credit for this, but it was really mine. You know, that shit happens all the time today, right? If I remember correctly, too, Peacemaker was another one that was debated. I think uh, Peacemaker was also, Ingemar's Peacemaker was also Great White Shark. So they, so, they yeah, debated was, over that. I was at that Cannabis Cup mm -hmm. uh, when Peacemaker won. And I think it's, that's, that's one of the coolest names. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. I've it's a really good, it's, it's, it's shitty that they got rid of it and turned it into Great White Shark. Yeah. Which is a cool name on its own, but it's like not quite Peacemaker. Which is now know? Shark Shock, right? Yeah. So yeah, Peacemaker Peacemaker became Great White Shark and then Greenhouse trademarked Great White Shark. So you can't call, only Greenhouse can call strains that. Yeah. And then when uh, Shanti left, he called it, uh, you know, Shark Shock. Yeah. So it's had, you know, like a lot of cannabis strains, it's had three or four different names depending on what era you're in. Uh, I went through hundreds of those seeds and uh, it um, that was a killer line. I loved it a lot, actually. Yeah. Some of the most potent weed I've ever smoked came out of that line. But the weird part was, is that I, I could get really skunky, like really terpy skunky ones uh -huh. that were mild to moderate potency. And I could get super potent ones that tasted like cool smoke, mm -hmm. but I could never get the, the the skunky super potent one in the same plant it sounds like that's a common um kind of thing with skunk. yeah i don't i mean i, I looked I, I i kept one that i would i would classify as terpless yeah i've, I've the, had an the, afghan kush like that that was very terpless i mean it didn't have bad it didn't have off terps yeah no like, it's it just didn't, like, but it was like the absence of flavor yeah but it was so potent honestly like it gave me tracers in my vision that I kept it even because even though it didn't taste like anything, yeah. like nothing, you know? And so I, I probably ran through two, three, 400, something like that seeds of great white shark from greenhouse trying to find, cause if I would have found, if you could have found a super potent one with as skunky as some of them were. Yeah. I mean, that would have, you know, yeah, that be a lot of people's daily smoke. Yeah, for sure. But the white did that. I mean, that's kind of like, uh, I just called it the white, but you know, some, yeah, there's you're some really getting confused folks. White widow. But, but yeah, white, the white widow was one of those things where it's like, kind of like the NL line with Neville. It's, it's, it's like, it didn't have a lot of terps, but it was super potent and super pretty. And it added, it made the bud look nicer and it made it look frostier and it made it look denser. All those things that growers yeah. like. And so people started blending it with everything, you know? Uh, like Blue Widow was super famous what, yeah. 20 years ago during those parties, right? Because you got the, if you could get the terps from the blue and some of the color and you could get the potency from the other, like it was a pretty good marriage. Yeah, if you could get the frostiness and resin production of the Widow on the blue. But yeah. yeah, Widow was one of those things, just like, you know, cookies or Skittles or something like that, where like everybody got it and crossed it to everything they had to see what would come up. Yep. That's kind of like it was one of those type of strains. Yeah, it was. Where all it was, of a sudden, for me, it was one of the first like mega hyped name strains for my generation. Like, uh, I, you know, when we were first getting bags of fucking really good weed, everybody would call it either white rhino, white rhino, or white widow, whether it was or not. Yeah. But it was one of the first ones in my generation that really broke through with the names. Shanti still sells white white rhino. I think he calls it medicine man or something. Yeah. Yeah. something along those lines and then like uh simon had white russian which i liked a lot 
That's right. Which was yeah. which was uh, AK forty seven by White Widow. Yep. Um, so yeah, it got it. It was at Greenhouse. It was at Serious Seeds. It was white labeled like crazy. All the yeah. Canadians, all the Canadians had it and crossed it into everything. Yep. Um, so there was a yeah, but Blue Widow was probably like that was like two totally unrelated families that liked each other. Yeah. That was yeah, some pretty was, good shit. It was some pretty good shit. Ron had a really good cut of that that he'd pass around. Yeah, it was good. And then people, tons of people had seed of yeah. that. It was pretty free seed trading era. It was before ST. It was before the the feminized revolution. Yeah. You know, so it was all still male based. And oh, the uh, good old days when it was huh? easy to fucking make seeds. It was easy to ma Yeah. I mean, I, you, I don't think, I don't even know anyone that's ever had a failure with a male. I, yeah, I don't either. Um, I mean, you'd have to have, head. I mean, you could have one or two males in your room and hit it with a stick at the right time and get a hundred percent pollination everywhere. Exactly. The amount of effort that people go through now to like, make sure they get enough pollen out of reversals. Uh, and then, and then even with that and all still the failure rate and all that, but that back then it was like, yeah, you picked your best couple males, but it was like, what do you call it? Uh, you call it shot, the shotgunning method. Yeah. Cause yep. you don't really know what the male is going to do till you crack the seeds. Yeah. So you're just kind of, you know, everything's at playing traits. until you run it. Everything's yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, so yeah. So the white widow is like, the story is either Shanti bred it, uh, which is like, and Shanti still sells it. Or, uh, it was a clone that got found in Afghanistan in, in Afghani hash. Yeah. And was sold as a clone. Um, so maybe they're both true in a way because it's someone possible. had to take it and, and make a seed line from it. At some you know? point, I think both of them claimed that there was Brazilian in it too. There was some kind of Brazilian sativa mixed in. And if you look at like the, if you look at all those pics and all the phenos you're getting from the nineties, mm -hmm. it was pretty heavily influenced by the Afghan side of things. Sure. Yeah. But the black widow now that you can get from Shanti people find all kinds of sativa expressions in those. So yeah. I don't really, I mean, you know, it's probably the, the parents probably changed at some point. Oh, it's a long time so. to keep cuts. <laughs> I would imagine. You know, so. I mean, none of those, none of those, none of those, none of those euros ever admit that they lost anything, but uh, no, you know, everybody knows admitted. you lose shit. Yeah. No, they don't, yeah. you know, you, you ask Sensi or whatever, and they still have all the same original parents, you know? Yeah. So, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah. White, White Widow was, uh, that was, that was a game changer as far as one that of the goes. Biggest. And, one of the uh, biggest during its time. One of the biggest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it kind of, it kind of replaced Skunk One as the, the primary thing that people crossed, you know, cause that's what yeah. would happen in, in Amsterdam. It's like some new amazing thing would come out and everybody would buy seeds of it and then mix it with their own shit and try to get on the same sales hype. Oh yeah. Like they do now. Same yeah, like they do now. I mean, it's like yeah. standard operating procedure. And then that's even why people should know that too, right? Is that like, that's even why some of the old time breeders and stuff, they get all sketchy about telling you actual lineage <laughs> because yeah. they know that whatever lineage they say is just going to end up on some competitor's pack. Yeah. So, you know, Shanti gets out there and says, oh, it's this by this by this, and this is what we did to it. And then that exact 
thing is is on his is two or three other seed companies yeah you, they're using you know so a lot of times people like it it sucks like but we, we went from like neville and some people like that being very direct to today where people hide the secret sauce yeah yeah and it's, it still doesn't make any sense um I, I i you know when i see people hiding their lineage it tells me usually if it, if it's a seed maker or a breeder that's hiding the lineage it just tells me that they're they don't understand how expression works or any of that because there's no reason to even try to hide that kind of stuff you you can't make the same thing happen twice and people get the same exact expressions twice you know no i mean real weird things i just think i i think it's an ego thing yeah people people like the illusion that people did a lot more work before they released those seeds to you yeah that that's that is true that's i mean i'm not saying that's everybody but that definitely percolates through the seed fucking world as far as i'm concerned yeah, it is people, people, people don't like accidents. They want it to all be intentional and, you know, private genius that they reveal to the world. <laughs> These guys right? are killing me in chat right now. <laughs> These guys are killing me. Oh, the old man. jank hash. Jank hash, you know, and jank. jank hash. I mean, I suppose I, I never saw any, uh, I never saw any seeds come out of hash, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. Yeah, sure. Especially back then when they were just whipping shit. They weren't really filtering it. None of that kind of shit. Uh, compressing yeah. the block, yeah, but I mean, it, it, it happens back then. I mean, 90, you know, and, and I, you know, I will say that like that area of Europe was the primary export area for that, for hashish from Afghanistan. Yeah. Like there's an old hash smoking culture in Northern Europe over there. And so they did have a bunch of like that was America got much shittier hash than Europe. Yeah, Europe. You're, you're there was late like, to the hash game. Europe, Europe. Well, not only that, but there was like an overland route that That's was true. traditional yeah. and been there for a long time. There wasn't oceans in the way that you could get there via land, you know, and through a bunch of countries that weren't as hardcore about searching for shit as America. Yeah, uh, I, we got C grade hash most of the time. I didn't even realize how good traditional hash could be until I got to Amsterdam and started meeting certain people. Yeah. You know, really eye opening. All right. Before I derail this conversation, um, I'm going to put up a pack of the banana tie uh, F1s up. If anybody wants them, I'm starting them at 200 and then we're going to go back to talking. So I'll just pin it as we go. And uh, as it gets higher, I'll add more shit in, but I don't want to derail the conversation too much. So yes, banana tie at 200. Banana tie at 200. Yeah. There we go. There we go. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. We, um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't even think, I think White Widow was probably, the Widow family was probably the primary thing until kind of like the sour and diesel wave. Yeah, I think it was. Happened. Yeah. You know, and then and then Kush came kind of quickly behind that. Like Kush had been around for a minute, but like in order to become popular, enough people have to have it. Yeah. And it was very hoarded. So, you know, I mean, that's 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 the weird thing. It's like there was all this shit with like the chem, you know, but it took so long because there was only like four of us in California that had it. Yeah. So like how many how you know, how many can like four garages and a couple light depths and, and whatever else even do? I think people underrate how much um, the Cannabible came into play during this time, during that era, right at the end of the, the Widow era, into the Kush era. 
um, in popularizing a lot of these strains that people had never heard of, smoked, seen before, stuff that, that was held super tight. Maybe oh, some yeah. of your stuff. I mean, Jason, uh, Jason King was at those, was at those events. Yeah. You know, uh, I was pretty good friends with him back then. Um, and actually like in, especially in the second and third can of Bible. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of the people that he met and he photographed were either friends or associates of ours. Yeah. Like he came to Lake, he, he was living in one of Eddie Lepp's houses in Lake County and we would take them all over Mendo and Humboldt and stuff like that. And, you know, he would take, he would get pictures of various people's farms and get introduced. Cause back then, especially like you couldn't just be like a photographer and be like, I want to take pictures of your weed. Yeah, no, not at <laughs> no, all. No, yeah, that was, that yeah. was, that was not the era that that was acceptable. So you kind of needed like a friend, someone who like who would vouch for your existence. Yeah. You know? And so we, you know, we, uh, but in that, in that cannabis, in the, I think it's in the, in the second one. Uh, my super dog is in there a bunch of yeah. times. The yeah. Mendo Perps is in there. The chem dog is in there. The snow. We had about, I don't know, mothership. We had about seven or eight things, nine things or something like that, that were all in there. The pineapple uh, mothership. Was that one that you grew? Yeah. The, the, uh, I'm in uh, Mendo. Somebody just asked that. The mothership is kind of a, a crazy story, dude. I should tell it just because yeah, people would trip out. So, Jason King had this girlfriend at the time, and she was from uh, the mountains of North Carolina, right? Asheville, all that. And as most people probably know, Asheville is kind of like, it's a little different than the rest of Northern North Carolina. It's a little bit more hippie. It's a little bit more eclectic and all that. And so they had this, uh, they had this uh, strain out there they called the mothership, right? And so he, uh, um, she was going to get it shipped out here because it was this old ass sativa that we wanted to try. Right. Yeah. So I agreed they ship it out and uh, freaking I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it's going to come and it's going to be, you know, a couple clones on a little box, you know, yeah. and this is, this has got to be Oh two or something like that. So long before smartphones or like checking your package online, like, you know, just mailed it. And when it showed up, it showed up. Right. Yeah. So I'm expecting this little box of clones and I open the door one day and there's this box that's like two feet tall on my doorstep. Mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck. So I take it inside. I have no idea what the hell it is. And I open it up and there's two plants of mothership in there in dirt pots staked, you know, <laughs> and they're like, they're like, you know, 22, 24 inches tall. Yeah. Each one of them. There's two full one gallon pots with two foot plants bent over in there. Yeah. And then they tamped down a bunch of packing material and stuff so the dirt didn't fall out. Yeah. So instead of mailing us cuts or like unrooted snips or any <laughs> of teams. like the modern tech or whatever, yeah. they literally mailed us two two-foot-tall plants in one-gallon pots. <laughs> That's one yeah. way to do it. Yeah. It may, they both lived. Yeah. And all those, all those pictures in the Canna Bible of Mothership, um, they all pretty much come from those two moms. So what was in Mothership? Do you know? I have no idea. No clue? No, no clue. I didn't even like it that much, to be perfectly honest. Uh, it has some off, like, I know it still exists, which is cool. Yeah. Just because I don't think it's related to much else. But yeah. it did this neat thing where it grew all these golf balls all over it. Mm -hmm. And the thing was super floppy. But it's the only plant I've ever seen that it would, like, flop over, like, 50% 
and then just hold itself up and grow sideways. <laughs> so like you really didn't need to stake it. It would flop, but then its stem would like catch itself. And instead of snapping, you know, or just hitting the dirt or something like that, yeah. it would hold itself up. And so if you grew it in a greenhouse or indoor, it would grow sideways through your plants and it would weave itself through other plants you had. That's fucking weird. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was like the, it was a really unusual trait. It's, it's stems didn't want to snap and they would give and then bring themselves back up. Yeah, that's interesting. You know? But that was kind of in that era where weed was weed. Yeah. Like it hadn't really, that was even before like the purple craze where Urkel and Grape Ape and Granddaddy and all that shit kind of took over. Yeah. That was sort of like the last era where people like, any any type of quality weed that people grew sold easily yeah right so people grew whatever they wanted so was it a, a sativa type high to it it had a like sativa traditionally type sativa high. type T traditionally sativa type high you know it had fox taily buds was it you know? long flowering or not it wasn't particularly long flowering like 11 weeks or something like that yeah. and if you grew it outdoor you kind of wanted to let it ride till you know halloween in Mendo and Lake County and stuff like that, it was, uh, it wasn't, that wasn't that hard to achieve. Yeah. There's lots, there was lots of weed. Most, most good weed, in my opinion, was done between the 15th of October and early November, at least where I was, where I'm from. So people you know? are asking for the not so dog story, the name of not so dog. We got to do it one more time. The name of not so dog. Yeah. Oh man. Um, uh, maybe I'll give the, edited version so the edited version is uh my buddy who gave it to me um also gave it to he gave it to a couple other people right not very many people had there was like four of us he gave it to uh skunk va you know uh he gave it to it, it got to um you know ic collective it got there was a couple up there but there wasn't it was like four maybe yeah. five at the most who had it and so we used to do this thing where not everybody had fresh weed all the time. So we'd keep each other in the loop about who had what coming down when. Yeah. So this person could grab a couple ounces, this person could grab QP or whatever, so you'd have smoke. So you'd have fresh smoke, you know? Yeah. And so my buddy from New York, he goes up to Tahoe to grab, um, we call it the Tahoe dog, right? Yeah. Uh, and it grew killer up there because it's so cold that the air that he would, especially in winter, the air that he would bring into his grow room would be like in the single digits of the teens. Mm -hmm. And it would make that shit frost up like yeah. really strong. Like it looked like compared to Mendo and Sonoma where the rest yeah. of us were like that mountain weed was like, it was yeah. nice. It was really nice. I had the same effect in Chicago in the winter time. Like there's something about bringing in frigid air <clears throat> that just makes, makes your plants makes it it's like a reactionary thing i don't know yeah so anyway he goes up there he goes up there to get this he goes up there to get a like a pound of dog yeah right and he's and he's supposed to split it with me and so he comes back and i was living we were living in uh willets at the time which is in northern mendo and he's like dude come meet me and get this thing so i come meet him and we're like it's the middle of winter and we're off on this side road and he hands me the bag and he goes, tell me what you think. There's something, there's something a little different this time. And I opened the bag and I stuck my hand in this bag and I started smelling it. And I was like, this is not so dog. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? And, he's, and I'm like, it's not so dog. And he's like, I don't get what you mean. And I'm like, I'm smelling it and it doesn't smell like the dog. 
yeah. smells like not, it's not so, I don't get the, and it turns out that homie had, homie had uh, mislabeled a cut and then yeah. kept that cut as a mom. Oh, that's the worst. And then it was actually like, it was actually Romulan. And that's why dude from New York was tripping because it was so frosty and so different. Yeah. He just thought he did this weird thing and he crushed it and he brings it to me. And I'm like, I'm like in the dark, I hadn't even seen it yet. I didn't yeah. even know what it looked like. I just stuck my face in the bag and I was like, it's not. And so fast forward, right? And uh, I'm trying to, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to join uh, Instagram because everybody was bugging me that I needed to climb out from under my rock yeah, and join Instagram, right? And so I'm trying to join and every fucking name I pick is already chosen. <laughs> so after about 20 or 30 tries, I get all pissed off and I think, well, what if I try this? And I put in not so. And that wasn't taken. There you go. There you go. So it was kind of like, it was just kind of like an inside joke about how when homie, I mean, he got it back. We gave him the dog back. Yeah. Amongst us, there was like, it never got lost, but there was individuals that lost it briefly. Yeah. And they had to get it back from one or the other of us over that time period. You know, you but it never. Huh? Do you remember our not so, our not so experience at the, at the, at one of the houses, the not so Bubba, the not so, the not so Bubba. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. The not so Bubba. That is, uh, yeah. So, so it, that, that was funny too, because I had grown, I don't know. I had like a couple of beds that I basically grew like all this head stash. Yeah. And then I basically like, you know, I was so busy with harvest and all that, that I put all that head stash, we, we dried it and bagged it and put it away, you know, and then I yeah. dug it all out. I think it was me and a, a few of our friends or whatever, like the night or two before that party. Yeah. And we went and we dug out like 40 or 50 kinds of weed and jarred it up and brought it all down. Yeah. And this guy that we're no longer friends with anymore, I won't even say his name. Not even worth it. Yeah. He, uh, he had given me, he had given me the, the Bubba Kush back, but yeah. it was actually Canarado's five by two. Yeah. It was the five by two, his selection of it. It was his <laughs> selection of the five by two. And so I crack open this jar and I'm like showing it like our buddy Pip was there and bittersweet and, uh, and a bunch of us, you know, and it was like, people are like, dude, do you know what the Bubba is? And I was like, yeah, I know what the Bubba is. What are you talking about? And they're like, what is this weed? And I was like, what is shit? I don't know. And then the weirdest part of that thing was on top of all that weed, there was a big fat nug of Trinity. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't, there was only one nug of that trend on top of it. And then the uh, rest of it was of all, shit. Yeah. it was all that other, that was like some light terpenaline midzy. Yeah. It was not, it was not a great expression. No, it, that whatever that was, was not a great expression of cannabis in general. Yeah. No, no, that was some mids. That I love the fact mids. that it was that dude's selection, though. Yeah. His yeah, personal selection. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you, when, you only, when you only pop 10 or 15 seeds or something like that, it's really hard to find a winner. Yeah, yeah, that and, that and like, you know, it, things do change from seed to clone. And oh, as time goes, maybe it was cool as a, as a seedling, but it really was not cool as a clone or something. Something. No, no. That was, we were lucky though. That was really the only thing that was mislabeled out of all that work. Yeah. And that magical Trinity nug, right? Bitter? That magical, <laughs> that magical, and that, that threw us off even more because that thing was so different, you know? Yeah. We're like, what the fuck did the, how did this Trinity get in here? Yeah. But I mean, we had, I mean, that, that year, I, I think we had, 
I had two six foot by 26 foot beds that I just grew like all the mother stock and all the head stash. Yeah. Those two years in a row, I think I did that. Yeah. So when I brought all that work down to, uh, down to that party, so there was literally like probably like 40 flavors or something. I don't yeah, know. It was, it was wild. Every time we still have pictures of that. Both parts. Yeah. yeah. It was wild. And some of it I didn't bring because it wasn't done. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you I know? think the 91 wasn't done at that point. No, I didn't bring the I brought the Chem D. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you bringing the Chem D, especially the second time when Resin got the, the white hot sweats. <laughs> That was actually, that was actually pretty weird because you always you always talk about things you know and like just so people know when, when they're listening you know we have we have friends from all over and stuff and we we chat on Discord and some different things and so you talk about all this weed but it's not like you get to smoke all your buddies' weed yeah. because we're a pretty like dispersed group you know there's people there's friends of ours from all over the country all over California. And so a lot of times like we gather up and it would be some of these people's oh, like ooh. first chance to smoke like some of this stuff. Yeah. You know, and that, that Chem D that I did inside, I grew it under ceramics, ceramic metal halides. And it, it, it put a few people on the couch, not being able to speak. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. one of the, one of the, our friend resin was one of the very first people to grow OG Kush in LA. Uh, he got so high off sharing a joint that he almost decided to go to bed and call it a night. Yeah. You, remember that? He recovered. Uh, yeah. He recovered. He, all of a sudden, he's like just sitting there sweating for like 30 minutes, just kind of, and then he just goes, I'm back, fellas. I'm just back. Out of the blue. Yeah. Made us all so, piss our pants. <laughs> so that was really, uh, that was, yeah, that's kind of cool too, because a lot of times like, you know, you can smoke good weed. And I don't care what kind of weed it is. Eventually, you build some level of tolerance to that specific sure. stuff. But if you've never smoked it before, you haven't smoked it in months, and you smoke something different, you know, like we're going to talk about the 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 headband cut that I have in a bit. Like that, that weed will get you high every day, all day long. Yeah. But if you haven't smoked it in two or three months or longer, and you smoke that weed the first four or five, ten times you smoke it, it's like different. Yeah. And there's a lot of weed that's like that. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah. that like if you're not whatever it's cannabinoids and entourage effect or whatever combination, it's just like your body's not used to it. And so it hits you a little bit different. Yeah. It could even be you're in a different house, different environment, all kinds of things go into that for me. So somebody was saying, I miss that kind of bud. It's not around like that. And you're kind of right, but it, it is around, but it's like people's, uh, what people pick has changed. Yeah, you're not going to find you know, that in mostly in cookies hybrids. It's just though, not. You know, you're like, you're, you're, most people, like 20 years ago, the only reason why things were elite was because enough smokers liked them. Yeah. Right? That was pretty much it. And now it's a lot based on testing and looks and hype and other various aspects. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of flash in the pans or mids or whatever that get pushed you know, um, where, you know, back in the day, it's like, I don't, not even everyone had to say it was an elite. Yeah. But enough smokers who were respectable were like, this weed is fire. Yeah. And then it would kind of become generally acceptable that whatever that was is fire. Yeah. You know, and, uh, the, you know, the name strain game has been really bad for diversity. Sure has. Sure has. You know, so I see I remember people. One of those years, um, I think it was uh, Denali brought 
Now, I'm used to smoking blueberries and stuff, and I'm used to them being, you know, anti-anxiety for me and chill. And he brought out some old Riot Berry OG cross to G13 hash plant seeds I'd made a long time ago, and he, and he grew it, and he handed me a dupe of that. I got the Coke shits. I remember just, like, walking up in that house, that first house, like, up the stairs. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was fucked up. <laughs> There's some shit that'll get you. That's actually yeah. one of the things, like, even uh, when I was talking about those, those, uh, those Ron parties 20 years ago is if yeah. you show up an event and you smoke 10 or 15 or 20 kinds of weed, you're not used to smoking. You're going to get some odd effects. Yeah. You know, one second, um, drowning with Dagon. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yes. That is the one with juicy fruit tying it. And it's up for auction right now at two twenty. Uh, someone says, someone says you're growing. If you're growing the headband in Chem D, <laughs> Uh, any that? advice? People are asking about advice on the headbanding. Oh, yeah. Give it to I don't me. really, I mean, those are two of like what I consider to be like the most potent strains I personally have. So, um, you know, there's a lot, I, I would just try to find plants you like, you know, I mean, as far as effect goes, that's yeah. me. That's generally speaking. The advice I always give is it's like, what try to find something you personally like. You know, when when you're when you're sprouting seeds, everyone's brain chemistry is vastly different. So yeah, find something you like. Yeah, I mean, there's there's things that like I love personally, and Matt would despise as a daily smoker. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and CSI and I don't have the same tastes at all when it comes to. He recognizes like we have the same taste as far as like what we think of as good weed, mm -hmm. but what we our preferences and what we like to smoke are very different. Yeah, I think um, Urkel even hits him the same way that it hits me, whereas we like to breed with it a lot. We like to grow it a lot. But fuck, we will not smoke it because everything with it gives us fucking panic attacks every fucking time. People are talking about flowering time. So the Chem D is usually like a, I would say it's anywhere from like an eight and a half to nine weeker, 10 weeker at the most. Mm -hmm. um, and the LA is more like a 10 or 11 most of the yeah. time. So most of your phenos are probably going to come in that like nine to 11 range. And if it's real squat and Afghan looking, it probably leans D if it's tall and lanky, it probably leans a little bit more of the headband. Yeah. You know, and we, so. and we have some of the, um, the, the LA Kush coming up, probably going to be crossed to the NL five. Um, the second round of the NL five stuff, we are doing some hybrids with it as well as not so dog. Let's talk about your Maui. So the Maui, the Maui is a cool story in the sense that it goes like way back. So we, uh, in, uh, 1994, which seems eons ago now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we had just, me and my crew had just kind of turned adults. And back then it's like, and especially in the Midwest where I was from, that's where you went to go get good weed. Seats was Amsterdam, right? Yeah. And so we all flew out to Amsterdam and, uh, the short version of the story is we bought a bunch of seeds and we were in this coffee shop and there was this old man who was probably like in his forties or whatever. But to us, when we we're late teens, it's, he seemed ancient. I'm sure. And we literally like shared a cappuccino and shared a couple joints and shot the shit for 20 or 30 minutes. And he told us that he was from America and he came out, he was from Maui and he came out and he traded, he was trading seeds with uh, some of the dudes in Europe and he did it every few years. Right. Yeah. And he gave us uh, he gave us a handful of seeds, 
Well, it just so happens that we go back and we bloom all this shit that we bought. And the best thing that we had was this weed from Maui that the dude had given us at a coffee shop for free. And so since we didn't know anything about it, because we're dumb and we didn't ask any questions because we were like 19 uh, or whatever, uh, only thing I know about it is that it, the dude grew it on Maui. And it is a really, it's kind of a strange plant in that it has super thin very thin, almost like Thai type leaves. They're double serrated up both sides. It has like red PDLs on the underside of everything. Yeah. And, but it's short. It's only like eight weeks, eight and a half weeks. And That's it yields nice. huge chunks all over itself, top to bottom. So it, but then it had, it throws leaves all over itself, but then the leaves are so thin. Unlike a lot of Afghanis, it doesn't really choke itself out with over, over leafage. Yeah. You can like see through it, if that makes sense. Because all the leaves are like this wide, you know, they're all really yeah. skinny, you know? And so we, um, that, uh, yeah, so CSI, I gave him that cut. So that cut is, we sprouted that seed in the summer of 1994. So it's going to be 28 years old this year. Jesus Christ. Something like that. And he also has and, another Maui, I think, as well. The Maui Wowie, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so yeah. so he so that one and that Maui, um that Maui ended up becoming relatively famous because I uh in probably like oh two or oh three ish, I gave a bunch of seeds to Mandelbrot, of which um, you know, I gave him a bunch of Superdog by uh, Maui by Superdog. And he found this cut called the truth in there. And he ended up breeding a bunch with that. So that Maui kind of like percolated around. Um, and it was grown in Mendo for years and years um, because it, it'll, it'll give you a four to six pound plant that's done October 15th. Yeah. And it's and got it's great for, resin production yeah, too. It's, it's got beautiful. great resin production. It's, 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 I wouldn't call it like an absolute elite, you know? Like, no, I think it's um, beautiful though. But it's got, it's beautiful. It's, it's got a decent high. It's got crazy structure, crazy yield. Um, it's a really, it's like one of the better plants I've ever crossed things to. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that he's going to use, he, he likes pairing things or mm -hmm. like looking at different varieties and trying to see what he thinks is going to cross well together. So maybe something to do with, uh, you know, Northern Lights has, you know, potentially some Hawaiian in it, different ones or whatever, like he's going to cross that to the, that's going to get ended up getting crossed to the Maui. Um, but he released, what, what was it? He released the TK by Maui by TK and Maui I by D. So. Yeah. And, and I get pictures all the time. It really seems like those, those uh, Maui by Kim or the LA by Kim D people find tons of killer shit in it. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, um, one of the things that's good about CSI is that he's prolific. Yeah. Very. Um, he's a very prolific dude. So by me sharing some cuts with him, it gives people a chance to try a bunch of stuff that they might hear about a bunch. Um, you know, because uh, he's probably the most prolific breeder I know. Um, someone was asking the, the flower time and parents on the banana tie, which is up for auction right now. Um, uh, God damn it. Um, it was the, the Juicy Fruit tie uh, crossed to the Platinum Banana OGBX1. Flowering time's right around. Some, some people are getting them around 9 to 11 weeks. Some pull it early. Um, it's, it's, it tends to 
dominate towards the mother cut, which is what I would have liked it to, to have done, except that it does have added uh, resin production. And some have that beautiful banana with like juicy fruit stripes gum. For those my age, fruit stripes gum is the best um, description of, of what that, that mother cut smells like. And right now it's at 220. Um, yeah. So if you guys want to grab it, I don't have a lot of them left, so I'm just uh, putting it up. And I'll throw in a pack of the Silver Pearl Blue Bonnet as well, which is actually Perfect Pearl Blue Bonnet, the Silver Pearl S1 from our buddy Pitt. Yeah. So I'll toss that in too. And that's a nice cut too. Dude, that cut is phenomenal. I, I fell in love with it the first second I even saw it, let alone smoked it. Once I smoked it, it, it has this, uh, it has its own type of bubble gumminess which will lead me into something else, but it has its own type of bubble gumminess that really was brought out with the Blue Bonnet. It, it, it has a lot of good blueberry bubblegum phenos. And speaking of bubblegum, uh, me and CSI have a, a, a selection inside the NL5. We call it the number seven. And it is, as he, as he puts it, and he's a big fan of Indiana bubblegum. It's one of his favorite breeders, all of it. It is more pink bubblegum, louder pink bubblegum, than the Indiana bubblegum cut. So we're really excited to bring that one out. And we're also crossing that specific uh, cut to bubblegum at some point. Um, so a couple of things. I'll talk sure. about Silver Pearl in a second. But one of the things that we should probably mention that's neat is that one of the things that's, that uh, CSI does that a lot of other people doesn't, do, doesn't do at least, is that he'll, you, know, you can do multi-stage breeding, right? Yeah. where what Matt was just talking about is it's like he popped a bunch of stuff, he found things that he liked, he made selections, and then he's crossing those selections to a wide variety of other things. Yeah. And so there's a lot of breeding right now just because the way the market is, it's kind of like one-offs, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is neat uh, in that sea of one-offs where you can do some multi-stage where you can pick things, select things, cross those things to other things that you like once you figure out what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, and all that. And bubblegum is is a turp in Afghani. Yeah. You know, yeah. a Neville talked about some of the maple leaf stuff smelling very strongly of bubblegums. Yeah. The original Big Bud cut had a bubblegum-like nose. Yeah. So it's one of those it's it's one of those terps that occasionally pops up in Afghans. Yeah. You know, you'll get you'll get a bubblegum nose. And what's interesting about that is that while the Indiana bubblegum absolutely smells like chewing gum when it's growing, yeah, and when it's drying, it doesn't really taste the same that it smells. No, that's the 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 one problem that that I found with it is that it, the taste doesn't translate um as well with the bubblegum. It doesn't it the smell I mean, when it's when, you know, those terpenes in the air, when it's blooming, it straight up smells like bubblegum. Yeah. And then you smoke it. And if you got that like big league chew style flavor on your on, you know, on your taste buds. Yeah. Uh, it would probably be one of the highest regarded cuts out there. I, I you know, I've had this uh, debate going on with CSI about looking through the Durban poison Indiana bubblegum specifically because I found out uh, in the. In the 95 cents you started line, there was a bunch of terpenaline, and there was one pheno that was hardcore pink bubblegum with some terpenaline. And whereas it wasn't as pink bubblegummy loud as the Indiana bubblegum cut, the flavor was all pink bubblegum. So I think in that um, Durban 
Indiana bubblegum, there there's likely to be some some bubblegummy tasting stuff. I he think. was he was probably trying to push you away from it just because you have to you'd have to sift through so much terpenaline. Yeah, so to much to find it. There'd yeah. be a lot of terpenaline that you'd have to find those those runts, as it were. Somebody wanted to talk about the silver pearl, so I'll talk about that before sure. we lose track. Yeah. So our buddy Pip has a cut of silver pearl uh, lineage and origin unknown. But I will say it looks very, very, very much like the Fino that Neville used to post at uh, the seed bank and, um, you know, and at Sensi. Uh, it looks very, very, very similar to that exact plant. Yeah. Um, and it, it looks like 90s weed, for lack of a better term, don't you think? Yeah. It's very it's, classic. It's, it's not super dense, kind of airy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, uh, you know, this might be something that like my people think is off-putting, but like, you know, there's a lot of smells in weed that you wouldn't think are nice in other instances, but in weed, you like them. Right. Um, and, uh, it kind of smells to me like really young baby poo. Really? Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. I get I've talked to them about it. It has, it has like a baby, like a, like, not like when kids start eating food, but like when they're on like a pure milk diet and they're a couple yeah. months old. You know, uh, it, it has this like weird baby poo type smell to it. It does have um, a funk to it. It has a funk sure. to it, you know? And, and what's interesting about that is like, you might think, oh, gross, you know, but roadkill is really gross. Yeah. Like there's no, you know, people are like, oh, I want that. There's, there's stinking weed that, that like you relate it to something else in life, but whatever that is, it's gross. Yeah. I tried that, is. that shoreline recently, both indoor and outdoor. And there is some fucking gross to that shit. Like it's, but it's good. It tastes yeah. great. Yeah. So in weed, there's like a different aspect to it where like you can describe things that, that might be gross, but they're good. But yeah, that he, he created this, it was called perfect pearl, wasn't it? Yeah. That was, was his S ones. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he had, he had this cut that I, I believe it's from the nineties. It just looks top yeah, I, I do too. like nineties weed. It's probably, and, that, and we're basically lucky in that regard because most weed from the 90s, most lines, we're lucky if one or even two phenos exist. Yeah. At most. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's basically like how much has survived from just like 30 years ago, which is a crazy thing to say. Yeah. You know, so every, every uh, what are the three gassiest strains you've ever come across? I mean, gas, to me, Maybe we should talk about that for a second. To me, sure. gas is skunk, right? Like it doesn't have to be, but I feel like like that that straight skunk smell mm -hmm. and that sour diesel smell and that fuel terp and the gassiness. I think those are all like variations of the same terps. But you're going to confuse just... people that when you say skunk, do you mean skunk one or do you mean no, super, super skunk? skunk, like actual yeah. skunk? Yeah. I mean, we can talk. We'll talk about action. Like skunk one is the most confusing name yeah. because, uh, you know, it, but yeah, I mean it, it, um, like actual like skunk aroma, yeah, you know, which, which is like the, everybody calls it like the lost terp. And I think it exists in all these different forms. Yeah. Just not in that pure roadkill form. Yeah. Like, and I, I think it's a lot more accessible than people realize. They just don't listen. You I mean, know, super like, skunk never left. Like, you know? like headband, like you look, you look at diesel style plants, which there's a lot of, yeah. And they're just like, like from a breeder's perspective, they're classic skunkoid type plants. Yep. yep. The, their bud structure, the way they grow, the way they look kind of Mexican Colombian with some density, like they, 
they're I mean that to me is like the diesel family is like modern skunk but keep 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 uh, I got to keep insisting on on specifying not skunk one because I know no. that's all people are going to hear and think yeah so we we could clarify that too i mean i i don't post on ig very much but i i kind of posted a couple times la uh, last week because i got all <laughs> mad about something uh because this this idiot blocked me for <laughs> voicing my opinion yeah but uh basically like the you can you can actually like look for a longer thing on my on my uh my my post or whatever but basically when sam the skunk man got skunk one it was super skunky According to Sam. According to Sam. It reeked. It didn't matter how you grew it, who grew it, where you grew it, what you fed it, what environmental conditions you had it in. Yeah. And uh, he, it was all skunky, and he didn't like it. And so he spent from 75, according to him, to the mid-80s, doing everything he could to get that skunk smell out of skunk one. Yeah. Because he didn't like the high uh, nearly, and he didn't like the flavor. Yeah. So then he took some some still slightly skunky skunk one to Amsterdam and kept breeding it to sweet citrus floral everything. Yeah. So for the last 30 years, every four or five years, uh, people come up and they say, I've got this old rare special secret skunk one. And you're pretty much, you're going to find what you want in that skunk one. You, yeah. You're going to, right? And instead of just saying, oh, it's Sam Skunk One that, uh, you know, Gypsy Nirvana couldn't give away, or I got it from <laughs> Seedsman, or I got it from the Flying Dutchman, yeah. or I got it from a million places because everyone sells Skunk One. Still sells it, never stops selling it. Yeah. Never stops selling it. It's the most common weed strain in weed to this day. Yeah. Just because a bunch of Americans aren't growing it doesn't mean it's the most common thing out there. Yeah. <clears throat> and they crossed it to everything in the 90s. Everything was some female by Skunk One. Yes. It was the most common thing. And that skunk one produces citrus and floral, right? Yeah. And floral, sometimes cheesy. cheesy and, Lots of grape. And grape, you yep. know, and never anything skunky. Yes. No burnt rubber, no burnt tires, no rank, no nothing. That Sam spent 15, 20 years of his life doing his damnedest to make sure it didn't smell like that ever. Yeah, despite and he did a real, and he did a really good job. Yeah, he was did the best job, you know. <laughs> and so now it's like, I mean, I'm I don't want real. I'm not really trying to like call it out or anything like that. But you know, like for instance, uh, when um, when the Swamp Boys first came out, yeah, you know, uh, they 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 had a couple of different plants that they bred to everything, and one of them was Skunk One. Yeah. So rather than calling it, oh, we got some Skunk One, they're like, oh, we got this skunky thing. We call it Orange Blossom Trail. And it's got notes of sweet citrus. Yeah. And it's an old Florida skunk. Well, you know, skunk one throws citrus. Yeah. So they got some skunk one. They found a good male. They, you know, they crossed it to things. Um, Todd, who I got into an argument with, is trying to sell ancient skunk one beans <laughs> and, and, and hope. And he's, and he's trying to sell hope that you're going to find that lost skunk terp in there. Well, he saw it worked with, with, with uh, Dominion. So he's like, I'm going to do yeah, this too. I mean, that. And... Oh, wait, your audio. Can you guys still hear Natsu? I... Yeah, there you are. There you are. I'm back. So, so that's, that's the same thing too, right? Where it's like, we should maybe, we don't have to talk about the whole thing. Yeah. But 
but we can talk about something pretty basic is that, you know, uh, Duke came out with this ancient Virginia skunk from the mountain men of the hills and these guys bred for SSSC. Uh, at they, these guys bred skunk for SSSC. They were the American breeders for SSSC, yeah. all this. And that, you know, and that he inherited these, these beans from his uncle. And this is what he started, you know, dominion seeds and crossing everything to. Right. Sure. So later on, Matt and I got the opportunity, which I think was super cool to talk to the head guy from SSSC. Sure. And we got a, I don't know if a bunch of people put that together, but like we got to ask him directly, did you ever work with any Americans? Did any, did you do any breeding in America? Were there any people breeding for you in America and sending you seeds? Yeah. You know, where did you get skunk one? So-and-so. Did you have people from America even mailing seeds? All kinds. And of he stuff. said, never, no, didn't exist. Didn't and happen. All skunk, and all skunk one comes from Sam. Yeah. And he said that specifically. All his skunk one came directly from Sam. All his skunk one came directly from Sam. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know where, um, I don't know where Duke got his skunk one, but it's all the same skunk one. There is no secret breeder for skunk one yeah it all you people who breed who who have skunk one they bought kilos from sam sam would would not sell to the public he yep. didn't want to have what happened to neville um and so but he would wholesale to other retailers in holland because that was legal yes because seed sales were legal so he would wholesale his he gave a ton of seed to positronics and to Neville and to SSSC and later to the Flying Dutchman and I'm sure Seedsman and so mm -hmm. on and so on and so on and so forth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And everyone tries to claim that they have some ancient, rare, oh, we've got the Sam Skunk one from before it wasn't skunky. Before Sam even touched that shit. Oh, we've got the, oh, no. And then, and then you know, you got this, you got whatever his ass name is, fucking Leo Stone. Yeah. Claiming <laughs> that, like, oh, they've got, They've got skunk bud from, you know, from brickweed that got sent to France in 71, four <laughs> or five years before Sam even started working on skunk one. Yeah, French you connection, know? bro. Well, you know, I mean, you know what brickweed sent to, sent to Europe was? It was probably Colombian or Mexican. Yeah, exactly. It, no, nobody was making hybrids and homegrown and bricking it up and mailing it across the ocean. So everyone tries to come out with these ancient... You know, yeah. I mean, he, he did. He said he ca it came from his fam. You NBA, know? the guy and, that we yeah, and, to, and his uncle, and, you know, and his uncle, and all that. You know, and so <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm not trying to diss anybody. I'm just trying to yeah. I'm just trying to like straight say that all these different people say they have rare, unusual, secret skunk one. It's yeah. all the same skunk one. It's all citrus. You know, cheese, floral, grape. You know, people breed with it because it it improves bud structure and it improves calyx to leaf ratio. Yeah. It makes it, plants it's look decent. Nice. It's decent, especially if you haven't ever experienced skunk one. I'm sure, I'm sure it's unique and, and decent. And that's why it's in so many lines today. It was a revelation because when Sam brought it to Europe, it was, it bred true for any number of different traits and you could get four or five pounds off it in a greenhouse. Yep. And they were dealing with all these weird sativas and all these things that didn't want to finish in their area. And it was Northern Europe and shitty. 
and he brought skunk one there and it literally was a revolution but people acting like skunk one is there's some secret skunk one everyone using skunk one is using the absolute most common oldest breeding technique in the book yeah which is consumers like buds that have nice bud structure and nice calyx to leaf ratio skunk one does this i'm going to take a male skunk at one and i'm going to cross it to everything yeah and then i got to concoct some rare special stories so people don't see it as the same shit that everyone else has been doing for forever yeah and that's the seed business folks that's how it runs yeah, I mean, that's that's the seed business. And so you got to add floral language to it. And so right now, Todd is trying to make it seem like the same skunk one that's been available from Sam to everyone is some rare and unusual and secret skunk that's been released from the 80s. It's all the same stuff. Yeah, It's all from the same dude. And it's probably it's the been... same shit that's in your cookies, that's in a shirt, that's in all and... of it. It's yeah. been from the same dude forever. And if it's not from the same dude, it's because somebody bought a bunch of that dude's stuff and bred it themselves and just to make more seed. But yeah. they didn't do anything specific to it. It's all, it's all skunk one, Yeah, you know? And so one thing we do know about skunk one, right, is that there's all kinds of people we know that have ran large amounts of skunk one yeah. hunting for skunk terps and they just don't exist. Yeah, not happening it there's there is some stuff that there was there was some things in the 80s that people got that they crossed and even in the 80s they never got skunk one to be skunky yeah they had to cross it to something else to get that it was to pop skunky. yeah that was that was also skunky to get that skunk turk to pop like yeah. neville took skunk one and threw it on maple leaf and he got super skunk you know there was a few different things in the 90s but now it's like people are just it's like the same you know, I don't, it's like fashion or whatever, right? It's like the same regurgitated shit. And it's yeah. like, oh, there's a new generation that doesn't know. Let's resell them the exact same thing, but let's butter it up. What's you know? cool though, is that now with so many more people making seeds, so many more people able to grow, instead of it being like a cycle of every 10, five years, now it's like every two years, every one year, every six months. Oh yeah, and there, was that, and there was that guy, what, what was his, I don't even want to say his name, with Blue or Scott, there, there's, yeah. there's, there's other people out there that, that sell, uh, you know, there's another guy that, that had Uncle Fester's skunk, everyone, all, yeah. these, all these rare skunks, right? All this, you know, you're right, skunk one is that, but I've got this one hook that gave me this ancient rare skunk one but from before it went fruity. Yeah. And I'm going to sell it to you now. Before it went to Amsterdam. You know? Yeah. And so it's, it's so the, the sulfur, someone's asking about the sulfur talk. Uh, uh, Todd McCormick made this post that maybe people uh, weren't getting skunky smells anymore because they weren't using sulfur burners as much. And yeah, because people don't use sulfur burners <clears throat> anymore. I, I kind of <laughs> took it. I kind of took it as like a bunch of people were buying his skunk and not finding any skunk, and getting upset about it because it's not in skunk one, and yeah. so he's trying to ruminate on what could be the difference, right? Yeah. And it's not like any of the skunk one stuff. Here's the other thing people should know, is that uh, Sam Skunk Man has been on every fucking forum since forums started for weed. Yes. Cannabis World, Overgrow, IC Mag, yeah, all. you name it, yeah. He has been spouting his version of events for like 30 years. Yes. 
He's been writing it down. It's no secret. You can add, the dude himself will sit there and lay out exactly what he did and why and why you won't find what you're looking for. You know? Yeah. But people want to make it, people want to make it seem like that's, and that's what's kind of coming right now is everyone was like five, 10, 15 years ago. I saw a buddy joke that like, uh, you couldn't give away gypsy Nirvana skunk one seeds 15 years ago. Yeah, no, you couldn't. <laughs> couldn't give them away because people yeah. knew what they were and they were like, no, I don't really want that. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's, but, but that's what, that's what's happening is now, you know, you can, you can segue to it or whatever. And it's the same thing with sour. It's the same, like all these old things that have name recognition, but a lot of people don't have personal experience with them are going to get repackaged and unscrupulous people are going to like, you know, sell you hopes and dreams, you know? Yeah. That's how it so. goes. And, and that's, that's a big part of it is, is, they're relying on people not to have had experience with it in the first place. And, and yeah. they're relying on all this, knowing that it's very likely a lot of people aren't going to have that experience with it. So how the fuck are you going to tell them it's not that? And that's, that's never stopped existing in the sea world. No, I don't think so. I mean, they, uh, you know, and, and just, just so people know, it's like, I see people saying we should talk about that too. Running Todd's Purus Indica and NL5. Um, you know, we, uh, I shouldn't say we, uh, Matt did an interview, uh, with, uh, with the guy, basically the head guy that kind of created NL and his yeah. group of friend and his group of friends and his gr little group of growers or whatever kind of is the reason why NL is so famous. And they sent, uh, Neville and Sensi a bunch of seed and the rest is kind of history. And after, um, I believe it was after he did that interview yeah. with you, he found some seed and he sent some seed to you, right, yeah. Matt, directly. Yeah. And then he also sent some seed to Todd. Yes, at the same time. At the same time. And so, um, you know, it's not Todd's anything. <laughs> Todd got it sent to him from, you know, from Todd Greg. got it sent yeah. to him from Greg. You know, and the stuff that that uh, CSI and, and Matt and, you know, this, the kind of little collab thing that's been going on. Um, that's all the same seed stock that Todd got. Um, but we, we got it from the same we got it from the same person. Yeah. And I, we, you know? the main thing was that, like, it, I, there, it seemed like there was going to be a race to pop them to get them out there. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make sure that they could all be popped at, at one time, because why just look through? four or five in your closet and then do a repro from that when you can do you know 80 of them so we we decided to wait until it was uh it was time until we had the space to do it and luckily csi humble provided that and and luckily we, we pulled it off and really yeah, and, about it and csi you know he's really experienced he's got a really good numbering system he's got a really good note-taking system he's yeah. got a really good way of identifying you know different traits and different things that might be of interest and um you know yeah the someone just talked about could you talk about the gypsy nirvana era uh that whole that that whole movie and just that whole era that's probably a whole show in itself yeah that yeah that's a wild show yeah that's a that's a wild show but even his era and everything that was going on then i mean we could talk for it that's a there was a lot going on then. Yeah, we we could bring Chimera on for something like that because he was, you know, involved heavily into that stuff at that time. That'd be a good one. Somebody said the only time I ever got a sandalwood smell was there was this 
AK-47 that was sent around the Colorado area in the 90s. Yeah. And it smelled extremely strong of sandalwood. Uh, our buddy Crybaby could probably pop in and, and tell us what terpenes that is. Uh, I'm, I'm old and I don't, I don't have whatever that is memorized. But Yeah, I don't have any terpene anything memorized myself either. But I have some of it memorized. I know that terpenaline smells like Jack and and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and witch hazel and train, and, yeah. and train wreck and stuff like that. You know, so um, what people are saying NL. So NL is like NL is super famous because Neville and Sensi, you know, but basically Neville made it so he took Seattle Greg seeds and grew up a bunch of them and released multiple lines and then a whole bunch of hybrids. Yes. Right. And so he released NL1 and NL2 pure. And then he found one female that was like a throwback plant of NL5. And that NL5 mother cut, if you will, uh, he used extensively. He crossed it to Hayes. He crossed it to Skunk One. He crossed it to NL2. Uh, it was in the poly, a lot of the poly hybrids he sold, it was in there. Yeah. So it kind of bubbled up and got super famous. Uh, Steve Murphy was involved with NL in the sense that his Afghani seeds given to S Greg is the beginning of NL. And the uh, story behind that was uh, a lady that Steve Murphy knew went mm -hmm. through the hippie hash trail through the mountains of Pakistan and Afghanistan and collected seeds. And, and they don't really know if it's an Afghani or a Paki to be sure, but she's the one who brought them back for Steve Murphy and he gave some of those seeds out and they made their way into the NL, the base for NL the base for NL. And so, yeah, I mean, and then those guys all got busted in the late eighties. And, yeah. uh, Greg basically said if he hadn't sent them to Europe, it probably all would have been lost. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Neville, Neville was one of the only, only breed, only breeders selling seeds back then. So the stuff that he was selling became immensely popular, I think. You yeah. know, and then there was other people. Was it Dutch Passion that sold NL2 as Oasis? Yes, yes. That was a Dutch So Passion. there was other, there was, you know, there was, there was other people that, that got Neville seeds or Sensi seeds and white labeled them or made their own crosses. Um, and then, so one thing that we should say is Skunk One and, and NL and all that is in almost everything. It's in a lot of today's work. It's just generations past. Yeah. You know, so I mean that's kind of how I see it. Is like yeah, NL people, skunk and haze are in so yeah, much, so much, and so it's like you might not you might, people younger people today might not have like much access to them pure, yeah, right. But they, I mean, their grandchildren and great grandchildren poly hybrids from them are all over the place. Oh yeah, their fingerprints are everywhere, and yeah. uh, that's partially America's fault because we give fucking nicknames to everything. <laughs> yeah it really is we do we give it nicknames is. to everything so you start giving nicknames to thing in your crew and then only the nickname becomes known and then you don't know what seeds it was yeah you don't know what it came from you know i mean so it's like you can we could we, somebody asked about the dog shit the dog shit was was called uh the dog shit got named that in Oregon. in minnesota where it was popped it was called electric boogaloo such a and better name. Such a better name. Way, way cooler name. And it's also very, 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 very likely that it's an NL5 haze from the early 90s. 
but you buy some nl5 haze from the early 90s and you pop a seed and you like it and it gives you a great buzz and you call it electric boogaloo and then you send it out to oregon and some idiot calls it dog shit and then now it's a dog shit someone uh arizona regenerative keeps asking about granddaddy perp so the, the basic story of granddaddy perp is that it's an urkel uh hybrid or rename whether it came from ken or whoever else um the the surviving cuts all are based on urkel and most people that have both cuts chose to go with the original, which was Urkel. Um, yeah, that's, that's just a rough rundown on it. That's a, and there's, there's something, I mean, there's a lot more I could add to that one. But one of the things interesting about it is that for as popular as Urkel became, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, there's people out there that want to claim the mantle, mm-hmm. but there really still isn't a verifiable, believable nope. Urkel origin story. No, there isn't. And it's one of the few cuts that got that famous that the, like the, the story or, you know, information hasn't, hasn't popped up, you know, yeah. it really is still a mystery. And there's been people like CSI and myself and others who have literally been hunting for what it is for 20 plus years. Yeah. There's a lot of claimants, but none of them hold any gas. It hasn't seemed to hold. It hasn't seemed to hold any water. Yeah, water. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> that that when you know when uh, when when Urkel came out and became super famous, that was like the what I call the purple craze, mm-hmm. right? And so that Urkel, Granddaddy Purple, Grape Ape, Purple Dragon, um, all that all that different type of stuff, my Mendo Perps, all that stuff became super famous. And some of those names, I'm sure, are renames. Some of them are bag seeds because that's how it goes. Um, You know, some of them are just, well, you know, if I call it grape ape, I can claim it as my cruise and I can take it down to, you know, and back then it was like all that weed was going through a lot of the dispensaries in the Bay area, just limitless amounts. Yeah. And so uh, trap mouth glass pointed out there's skunk in S1 progeny of Urkel. And yeah, I've, uh, yeah, even, even if you have the clone or some of the, the hybrids or S1s in veg, if you take cuts of it, it smells like skunk spray everywhere. Um, it doesn't pop up very regularly, but it's definitely in there. And, you know, I mean, at the time that it was found, I mean, it kind of it started spreading a lot in the early 2000s. Yeah. That's right on the tail end of all that skunk and everything, skunk one and everything. Yeah. But it wouldn't be surprising at all that it would have you know, whether it's a polyhybrid or whether it's a skunk one or a skunk one hybrid that got mixed to something local up here. But it's one of the few strains that got that famous that like there really hasn't been a verifiable story. I think the only thing accurate that, that I've ever heard about it that sounds accurate, at least, is that it's Paki skunk one or Afghani skunk one. I could I could totally see it, you know. Yeah. But um, that that's that's trailed along with it all throughout its little life uh in what people say so it, it's I mean, just interesting that they, we got that much there's a lot of stuff we could we could go into uh into uh well thought out hypotheticals yeah that's a deep one yeah that's I'm, a deep I'm, one. you yeah. know there's a difference between and i try to like i try when i talk to people to like differentiate when i'm i think i'm talking in like actual fact yeah and when you're venturing into like educated guesses or what the plants told you, or you're stringing together a story from bits and pieces that, you know, you know? Yeah. So, you know, um, 
I mean, definitely, yeah, I mean, the guy said there's definitely Afghan, like, it definitely doesn't have very much stretch. Yeah. No. Uh, Urkel, Urkel was always one of those it. ones where you get it to about the size you want it to be, and then you flip it. Yeah. It's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna grow all that much. One of my favorite Urkel hybrids has always been the, um, the Urkel Trey Dog that High and Lonesome did. There was so much skunkiness in that fucking line. He killed it. He, uh, uh, CSI has one. I mean, he, uh, TK by Urkel. Yeah, yeah. And that's what that T1000 came from or whatever, you know? Yeah. And that stuff added a little bit of potency and, a, and a, you know, a little different, little different kick to it. I liked that one quite a bit, you know? Yeah. So, I mean... But yeah, I mean, it. A lot, what irritates me is that there's a lot of like, I don't, I don't even know how to put it, but the weed game seems like it reinvents itself every five or 10 years. Yeah. Right. And so as a result of that, you keep getting, and this is what makes Matt so mad is you keep getting people coming out with the same tired scams, but ready for a new batch of people that haven't heard them yet. Yeah. And the same bullshit stories. And, and there's the some people, I mean, there was, there was some shit. Somebody posted New York city kid or whatever. Oh, that, that dude's had like nine different monikers. And he's still around spewing, spewing bull on various, on various aspects of things. And my so favorite, I just want to say my favorite was when he pretended to be an old lady who was married to a man who just passed that carried the Asian fantasy. That was my, oh, favorite. Yeah, that my favorite NYC kid one. And so, yeah, you know, rascal, uh there's an era there from like like that was more matt's era than mine because i was having kids and wrapped up and in, in living in the hills then but rascal in 08 09 10 11 like he put out a bunch of fire yeah he crushed like it. rascal i you know it's a shame he still doesn't too much but he had a three or four or five year period there where everything he was releasing was good yeah and he was one of the he was one of the first people along with Matt and a few others who was actually successfully reversing things. Yeah. So he I don't know if he gets enough credit. No, he predated me too. So he But he, he was he was an credit. he was an early wave of revolutionizing how we breed. Yeah. And people found a lot of fire in a lot of his lines from back then. Manic, you still got you still got some rascal gear? Hook it up. Yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt and I actually, it was probably six or seven months ago, we were looking through, uh, um, we were looking through a seed list of a friend of mine who was getting rid of his seed freezer, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it was basically all from, say, 07 to 2012. Yeah, yeah, roughly, yeah. It was roughly all right in that range. And it was yeah. amazing how little of any of those things you could still buy today from anyone. Oh yeah. Most of that's gone. Long most long. of that was, and that's only 10 years, 10, 12 years ago. And yeah. then you go back another five or 10 years and that stuff's gone. And you go back in the nineties and that shit's gone. Yep. You know? And so, yeah, rascal, I give him a bunch of credit. Um, because you know, he bred a bunch of fire yep. and he was one of the first people to kind of start the new, Asian fantasy is some oh, shit that, that Jason King put in his Canna Bible. And he said it was one of the best strains he'd ever smoked. And it was a crazy sativa. And I think that Canna Bible entry and how highly he talked about it created a massive demand for it. At the red and then that, it, was, it was unique looking. 
And that created an, a forum and internet scam opportunity. Sure did. Same with HP 13 and everything else. Yeah. And so, you know, that kind of thing, like in back before IG and all that, like the forums, um, you know, that was the, that was where you scammed people over the internet. Yeah. You know, and, uh, so there was a lot of Asian fantasy rumors. Asian fantasy is almost, is one of those weird things where everybody that talks about it, nobody's really smoked it. The only person I know who's actually smoked Asian fantasy and knows the one guy who's kept it and is going to die with it is Bodhi. And he knows yeah, the and, dude. And knows the apparently, dude obviously, Jason, Jason yeah. King smoked it and loved it enough to write, like, super eloquent, you know, write-ups about how amazing yeah. it was. But then that dude wouldn't share it either. No. You know? No. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's really what it is. It's like every five or ten years, everything that was available isn't available. Yeah. You know, and people are talking about Top Dog and the, the Blue Asian. In fairness, NYC Kid scammed a lot of people, and he was the guy who scammed with the Blue Asian. That's It happened to everyone during that. I mean, I was friends with the dude for like two or three years, and he pulled the long con. So it could happen to anyone, especially yeah. during those times. Everybody gets – I mean, one of the things about cannabis is that since it's not documented very well, most of it, um, you know, you, you can walk out of the of the shadows and start claiming a bunch of shit. Yeah. Like, you know, my uncles grew Super Sativa Seed Club Skunk One and bred for them in, in the 80s in the hills of Virginia. Yeah. Or I found Asian Fantasy and we did this. Or I, you know, you just, whatever story. There's still today people um, walking out with stories. Yeah. Because who's going to, and they don't even care if 10% of us know it's bullshit. Yeah. No, I mean, Leo Stone's the perfect example. If, if I'm going to use a name, just couldn't give less of a fuck that it doesn't align with history and that a lot of people are going to know he's a liar. He's going to know yeah. that most people won't be able to counter that. That guy said it straight up and he was totally accurate in what he said. He didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Because his, his seed releases sell out. Yeah. That's, that's so he, has, he has a goal. He reaches that goal. The haters or whatever, I don't even like that term really, but like all the, all the, all the people that call him out and all the bullshit and everything like that, um, you know, uh, he doesn't care because it drives drama and he sells out. I mean, there was this thing the other day where, you know, uh, he came out with, you know, like his stupid sour diesel cross that's full of shit or whatever, <laughs> uh, that one. And it was like limited to three. It says it all over it limited to 300 packs. And then this guy gets a gets a pack and it's like, you know, stamped number 399. Yeah. You know, so I mean it it just is uh we're rife for scammers. Yeah. And we're rife for selling legends and selling hope. You know? And you know, Todd McCormick or whatever, he does get he does get his seeds from real people. He just doesn't add any of the nuance to it that yeah. you think people would want. You know, uh, he just wants you to believe it's like like walking into the seed bank in 1986 and plopping yeah. down money. Same thing. When obviously it's not. One second. You know? um, I'm going to uh, give this to Benny Bag of Beans in the next two minutes. If anybody else wants to get on it, it's a... Uh, uh, the banana tie F1s, which is the, the Juicy Fruit cross to Platinum Banana OGBX1, and the Perfect Pearl cross to Blue Bonnet, which is the Silverberries. 
So if you want to get on it, get on it now, or I'm just going to, I'm going to push it off in the next two minutes to Betty. And thanks I mean, for everyone who's participated so far. Somebody's saying Todd is cool. I don't know Todd personally. I've never had a crossword I do. with Todd. Uh, <laughs> he might have issues or whatever. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people that know him or what. I was just making a comment in the sense that, like, you call your, you call your seed company Authentic Genetics. You go to great pains to say it's all from the, orig the original lines, from the original breeders. And you make a bunch of people think it's like unchanged, kept by the right guys from the 80s and nothing ever happened to it. Yeah. And it's not the case. Yeah. It's um, not the case. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, my biggest problem when we first butted heads was the whole Prop 64 thing, which leads to where we're at now. You know, oh, yeah. like if we're dying. Our whole community's dying. And, and a lot of that can be pointed back to Prop 64, which Todd was a big proponent of because he had a lot of rich friends and he wanted to push that through. Yeah, I mean, Todd can, Todd can, uh, Todd can talk about what a, a you know, a, a weed warrior he's been. And, and <laughs> yeah. while I do have sympathy for anybody who's been jailed or suffered, because uh, myself and others have all gone through it, for sure. uh, I didn't live in Beverly Hills at the time, uh, nor did I move back to Beverly Hills when I was done. Um, yeah. so there's a, there's a level of like wealth there. You didn't have Woody Harrelson bailing you out. Of no, no, I didn't live in Beverly Hills. You know, I didn't have any mansions Yeah. for the cause. There's a lot, most people didn't have uh, mansions for the cause. Yeah, that's true. You know, they had trap houses and, and you grew in shitty neighborhoods where they didn't, they didn't want to bother you. Yeah. Cause you weren't a problem and you grew, you grew on the, you know, you were grew on the outskirts, you grew on the edges. You know, I mean, m most people, Mendo and Humboldt became famous because it had a good climate, but also because people could disappear into the hills and get away with it. You know? Oh, that's, so, that's interesting. Um, I didn't know if anybody had asked him, Project Seed Monster, how many um, males and females he used in his NL5 reproduction line. Uh, yeah, I've only heard from his So I'll, I'll, I'll say this about that, is that if you want to get NL from Greg then you can get it from Matt through CSI, right? And CSI has whole pictures of his rooms, breeding, updates, this, that, everything else. It's all pretty well documented, right? Yep. And who knows how much or little Todd has done. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, you, yeah. Can, you can see how big uh, CSI did it. Yeah. You know, you could see that he was blowing off whole rooms. Yeah. And he's made selections and he's done all this different stuff. And it's, you know, we have a, we have a mutual buddy that's pictures, pictures or it doesn't count. Yep. You know, which I don't think is too true when you go back far enough because it was risky then. But for now, Jesus. Yeah. We're actually doing a run of the clones of the seed moms, even though we've already pollinated all of them, we kept clones of every single male and female to see how they flower as clones so we know that you know if we're saying this one's going to be bubblegummy from this specific one we'll know that it's actually bubblegummy as a clone and can pass on said traits so yeah there's, I, there's a lot more involved that people have no clue about yet yeah i don't think anybody is gonna recreate nl5 haze um i mean it would be nice we're doing some interesting stuff but it, it would, would be, be nice a straight nl5 haze because I don't think any of us are rocking just straight original haze because it would take a big pop of old original haze in the first place to find a pheno worth breeding with. And then you got to hope that it passes on any of the traits. Um, 
but we are doing some crosses with the NL5 stuff that will be similar to to a NL5 cross to NL5 haze, something like that. And the only, I wasn't even trying. I wasn't even trying to diss it because basically what you're saying is is cross a, an extreme sativa to an indica, yeah, and hopefully find something. I just personally think that NL5 haze is probably the single most successful release seed line in history. Yeah, Mr. Toad has an original. Don't even start me on Mr. Toad. So, I mean, here, here, here's the thing about original haze is that original haze is also not rare. It's also easily available. It all comes from the same dude, just like Skunk One. It comes from Sam Skunkman, yeah. right? And he has sold kilos of that. You used to be able to buy Pure Haze F10 in the 90s from the Flying Dutchman. And they would have big write-ups on it. You could get Pure Haze from Seedsman. You could get Pure Haze from all over the place. Yeah. Um, it's not rare. It's not hard to find. Uh, what is hard to find is it does seem that the haze seeds that Neville got and Positronics got and uh, uh, SSSC got in the mid 80s, they found phenos that were much easier to create quality with than after Sam had done multiple OPs, open yeah. pollinations. So there's, uh, you know, you could like, you. I'm not, what Matt is basically saying is that the amount of work it would it would take to find the type of haze that that Neville found, yes, is really hard. Yeah, because open pollination is a great thing, but it really opens it up, which means you have to hunt through so much more. I do know that Scabby and White Buffalo have some really good hazes they've been showing off and uh, crossing. So I think that maybe maybe that'll be a cool project. Use one of their their haze selections and cross with the NL5. That that's a I mean, definite possibility tom tom hills haze is from positronic stock and yep. danny we are uh bidding on the the banana tie f1 and the silverberries right now somebody uh, said what is super skunk super skunk was a very skunky skunk one male that neville crossed to maple leaf indica a pheno he called afghan tea and it became probably the best selling thing at his company and then later at sensi and it was the line that popped all the skunk terps that everybody dreams about. Yeah. For lack of a better way to put it. Is there a, is there a, a Neville's Hayes selection? Neville's selection of Neville's Hayes in the U.S.? Uh, some people have it, I'm sure. Not the one that I want. Yeah. I will tell people if they want to talk about Neville's Hayes for a second. Sure. Is that there is a Neville's Hayes Fino um, that still floats around Europe that is by far the strongest sativa I have ever encountered. Um, it Neville's haze, especially the older Neville's haze has like some effects in it that I, that are super uncommon in cannabis. Yeah. Uh, it's incredibly potent. Um, I hunted for mine myself. I think uh, we have a, a buddy of ours on here. Dire Wolf is on here. He got some, some uh, Neville's haze in the late nineties and he made bubble hash or something like that that like lasted him 10 years. I mean, the stuff, the stuff is wicked potent. Yeah. It, it's, it's anxiety inducing. It's, yeah, the, the Fort Collins cough is an I got NL5 some in the other room. Yeah, the cough yeah. is, uh, I used to grow the cough. Um, I used to grow the cough. Uh, that's why I say that I think NL5 Haze is the, is probably the most successful line ever released because there's probably seven to 10 phenos of it that still exist. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's the cough, 
there's dog shit, there's um, C5, there's the PIF, there's Cuban Black. Like, I mean, you can go. Yeah, there's endless. Really? There's the, and then there's and then there's a bunch of stuff of that. And so there's like there's probably more phenos of that. Most things you're lucky if one pheno of a line from that old survived. Yeah. And NL5 Hayes has like freaking, like I said, you know, it's probably got double digit elite phenos that are like 30 years old. Snow High, as much as um, I butted heads with him over the years, he had a fucking amazing, amazing double Hayes cut that, that I, I don't know if he still holds it or not. But if, if uh, people that are looking for a good Neville's Hayes, if he has some of those crosses out there, he had a Purple's Neville's Hayes mail. It was just the, the, both selections are phenomenal phenomenal yeah i mean it's 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 got you know it's one of those things where when you cross two marijuana strains that are very unlike one another you can get some unique combinations of potency terps growth all that kind of stuff i hadn't heard that trout mouth um i'll, I'll look into it I, I hope that's not the case so um yeah that would suck yeah i mean you know seed breeders and old schoolers and stuff were like a cantanker we're like a difficult bunch yes you know every generation has a group that doesn't get along you know you can go back and people will be battling each other on forums and you know people have strong held beliefs you know uh i mean tom hill is an amazing contributor to cannabis but boy was that dude tough to get along with yeah he's complex, <laughs> complex. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you definitely don't want to get on his wrong side you know because uh, yeah. you'd take your head off, you know? Um, so I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it. it uh, um, I don't have any idea uh, what I know Top Dog. We, we both know Top Dog. I don't know what yeah. he's specifically using on anything. Um, Aces uh, used to be a lot more reputable. They have some shadiness to them. Um, mm -hmm. But it's indisputable that uh, there's some dudes in Europe and other that gave them real cuts. Yeah. They got that real cut of Neville's Haze I was just talking about. They have the real A5. They got the real, they got real cuts. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some junk uh, in their stuff, but I mean, that's Haze. So yeah. that's how, it, that's just a part of using Haze. Carell sure. does not have his Haze still. He has a 35 year old cut of his Haze by Skunk One. Yeah. The skunk one haze. But he doesn't he doesn't have any original breeding hazes or anything like that. There it is possible that the haze C exists, uh, which is Neville's old breeding male. Uh it's possible Shanti has it, it's possible it's in Spain. It's impossible for us to so far get any um verification other than them saying it exists. So this this is a good point. Autoflower AK. Let me get this straight. Neville popped a handful of, of hay seeds and found multiple gems in a, in a bag from Sam. Uh, but you but you think Sam's OPing that line made it harder to find keepers. That is one of those um, enigmas of Hayes, right? It is. Yep. And like I, mean, I said before, yeah. OPing, uh, you can lose it too. Yeah, absolutely. You can, you can OP and OP, o open pollination for... for for anybody that doesn't know, open pollination is basically taking males and females of the same line and breeding them together using no selection and just trying to preserve as much genetic diversity as you can. Yeah. 
So Sam has been very clear over the years for some stupid fucking reason. He never did selective breeding with Hayes. Never. He just decided to continually open pollinate it. And so it seems like, uh, and, you know, we actually learned some pretty interesting stuff um, from Corel in that uh, Sam probably didn't have that many hay seeds when yeah. he came over because he gave, according to Corel, he gave, he only gave 10 or 15 to, to Positronics. He only got 10-ish. Yeah. Neville only, like, there was, you know, so maybe he only brought over some and he kept some from himself. And it does seem like that everyone that got those original haze seeds from Sam before he had a chance to do anything with them in Europe, that's where all the haze comes from. Pretty much. For yeah. whether it's yeah. Yeah. Positronics. Positronics is where Tom Hill or Old Timers Haze comes from. You know, Carell had some, Neville had some. Sam still did o- open pollinate, but then no one has really found any elites or anything from those open pollinations that they bred into things, to my knowledge. I'm not saying it's not in there, but when you have a situation where most of the line is going to go 16 to 24 weeks, and they're admitting that 80% of it is junk, and 10% of it is is nice, and 10% is special, finding that 10% that's special is hard. Yes, it is. Finding a breeding male that is going to pass those special traits is even fucking harder. You know, um, yeah. they got lucky for lack of a better term. Yeah. And, and, and realistically Neville with whatever he was given, he obviously did a better selection um, based on either luck chance or what have you. And the, and, and the continuous open pollination with Sam basically opened the line up so much. You will not run into the same phenotype like that. Uh, very often, which is why you're probably seeing uh, high amounts of variation and not running into the keepers. And there's, there's another interesting thing that we should maybe say too, when it comes to that is that there's also a theory that a lot of the euros uh, didn't like haze by skunk one, Mm -hmm. because they thought the skunk terps dominated the haze cross. And also skunk one is primarily sativa. Yeah, so yeah. it was a, a sativa-leaning plant crossed with a pure sativa. Yeah. Some people think that the reason why Neville had such, such success with it is because he was able to cross it to very different indicas. G13, yeah. Northern Lights, and a lot of his most famous hash plant. And there's phenos of those that all... There's, there's hash plant haze, G13 haze, NL5 haze. They all still exist. Yeah. So some of it could be that he just had some nicer Afghans that blended better. That could be it too. There's people that believe that pretty strongly. Yeah. You know, that maybe the things he was crossing it to was just nicer, you know, and it's also possible, you know, we don't have a lot of, we don't have a lot of, uh, I mean, do we have a bunch of cross-referencing from Sam's early era, Matt? You know? of just about what he was up to and what he was doing. I mean, that was one of the most, the longest running and most angry part of the forums. Yeah. Remember when he was know-it-all for sure? Yeah. He had a few names. You know, had a few different names and people would argue over whether or not he was the neighbor to the Hayes brothers, what he knew, whether it was true. 
the one guy. And it makes sense because back then only your good friends would know you were growing. Uh, Rob Clark, who I respect a lot, backs him up. Yeah. But they've been best buddies for 40 years. Yeah. You know, um, there's people that think that he stumbled upon Skunk One. It was already kind of mixed. And he just kind of finished it. There's, he claims he started it. We have his version of events, you know, um, yeah. and we don't have, we don't, you know, there might be other, there might be other aspects of it, but it could be even that, you know, Hayes and Skunk had similar ancestors somewhere. Yeah. Because Hayes was pure Colombian. Yeah. You know, and so maybe it didn't cross as well as the pure Afghans. Neville and Shanti did make super silver Hayes together. Um, I could tell that story because it's pretty cool. Uh, when Neville was in jail in 1990, somebody grew out some, uh, NL, some NL5 by Skunk Hayes seeds. Mm -hmm. NL5 Hayes by Skunk Hayes seeds. And they found this crazy pheno that became super popular in Europe. And when he got out of jail, he started breeding it. And... Uh, he wanted to find, he was trying to blend the three most famous European, you know, seed bank lines together. Yeah. Northern Lights, Skunk, Haze. Yeah. He was trying to find some combo, right? <clears throat> and he wasn't that happy with it. So he bred it for four or five years or whatever. And then Ben and Alan Dronkers, who owned Sensi, by that time he was working, he was their head breeder because they bailed him out of jail and bought his company. Yeah. Uh, when he was in a tight spot which he had eternal resentment for um, because basically it's like, they kind of were like, we'll get you out of prison and get you back into Holland, but you have to give us all your shit. Yeah. And so he, and then they hired him and he went from being a business owner of the largest seed company in Holland to the head breeder and had to give them all his work. Yep. Uh, but be that as it may, um, the first cannabis cup I went to in 1995 was named after Jack Herrera. The whole thing was themed after the emperor wears no clothes. Jack was there. They were doing all this shit about hemp was going to save the world. And Ben and Alan Dronkers being money oriented Dutch people, they wanted to release a Jack Herrera strain. Yeah. And so they, uh, San, uh, Neville said it wasn't ready. They said, I don't care. And they released Jack Herrera, which was his NL5 Hayes by Skunk Hayes hybrid. Yeah. And then uh, after, um, after he left, uh, after he broke up with Sensi and went on and did his own thing, he started working with Shanti, who was younger than him and probably a little bit more vibrant and had a little bit more like verve to get going then than he did you know yeah um he started they started working under greenhouse and they started breeding uh a haze project which after two or three years of work i think became super silver haze mango haze and neville's haze that's correct yep and uh super silver haze was neville's preference uh mango haze was um shanti's preference um same uh same father different mother uh type of thing uh so half sisters i guess and then yeah. neville's neville's haze was only supposed to be a personal project right yeah it was only supposed to be a personal breeding project for his holy grail the grail that he never stopped chasing and um 
and that uh yeah that holy grail and then he they found such fire in it at first that they ended up releasing it yeah um and everybody that got those first few years of releases there was crazy sativa power in that weed yeah and that was kind of the tail end of neville's kind of like like intense contributions to breeding yeah mango haze super silver haze and neville's haze were kind of like the last three big things that he did yeah he did some small releases and some other different things under some different groups and with some different help like from uh what's dude's name uh kanga kanga yeah kanga and he you know he, he definitely did some stuff but the last thing that really became like like world famous right like super yeah, silver yeah, that was, was fucking, that was that fucking really famous was it. it won yeah. like three cannabis cups in a row it was like you know it was famous yeah super famous so yeah what about the outback i mean yeah the, the outback is is another one of those um I mean, lots of people have the mango haze. Top Dog has mango haze. You can get mango haze still straight from Mr. Nice. Yeah, it's still available. It's still available. Top Dog is bred with some mango haze. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you just wonder, do the parents, are the parents still the same? Yeah. And you don't get a lot of honesty. No, no, not with that dude. Not with any dude. Damn, that's right. That's who true. The, who the fuck is honest? Dudes. You're right. I mean, which, which, like, tell me which, which, like, guy has a fire line that got famous that was like, oh, yeah, that shit was famous. Sucks I lost the parents. Me? Um, yeah. American dudes. American dudes. Stupid. American dudes that are stupid as fuck admit that shit. Yeah. The, <laughs> so the LA, the LA cut is definitely a diesel. Someone's asking if it's a sour cut. It was sold as sour in my area for a long time. It's definitely diesel type. I, I wish I, I was hoping with, I don't even want to say their name, but I was hoping with the scammy genetics company that burned everyone that yeah. we would finally um, get to see relationships and see mom, dad, cousins, nephews, aunts, uncles, and all that. And it would like really clarify a bunch of stuff. But, um, you know, uh what happened to my dudded skunk six uh that's a real shame so in 2017 um there was huge fires in my area it was sort of the start of the last four or five years of every every season has massive fires and like the second or third biggest fire in mendo history took off and i got evacuated uh from my spot for about a week and I lost all five skunk six moms. Uh, God damn it. It was, it was, that was a rough week. It was yeah. very difficult. So fires, uh, you know, there's been really bad fires the last four or five years up in Sonoma, Humboldt, Mendo, uh, Trinity. And uh, Mandelbrot did have the rear. So that's a, that's another long story, dude. But uh, Mandel, <laughs> I gave, I, I, uh, Yes, Mandelbrot. I gave Mandelbrot sour diesel. He had real sour. He did. Is Skunk Six also Humboldt Snow, or is that five? Skunk Six is definitely not Humboldt Snow. Um, uh, that's Skunk Five. They called they called Humboldt Snow Skunk Five in Florida. I actually, the girl who uh, whose boyfriend and her brought it out to California actually lives not very far from me, and it made it to Eugene in glass blower circles, and it was called Snow. Yeah. A lot of people called it Eugene Snow because it was from those Eugene glassblowers. 
it got brought down to our buddy CSI. And if you got it in Humboldt, it was Humboldt snow. Yeah. So it went from skunk five to Eugene snow to Oregon snow to Humboldt snow. And depending on who you got it from, one of those names would be the name you, you attributed to it. So is the res cut is my headband is in the root beer. That's no, correct. You don't know that. That's such a fucking shenanigans. You don't know that. That's that. I mean, that's what he says. So tentative. I, I, tentative. he tentative. He, he says that's the cut that was used. So What's up, Lindsay? and I will, I will say that in some of the hybrids that, that CSI released, people have found root beer terps. Yes, that is correct. There have been some root beer terps that have popped up in the LA TK and the LAD. Um, so it is possible. Rez is a scumbag. Uh, <laughs> both, both, he was an asshole, as our buddy High and Lonesome can attest. He was an asshole on the forums before yeah. all the shenanigans happened with the police. Um, I have no idea if he had the real Sour Diesel. He's on I mean, the East Coast. Sour Diesel um, does have a lot of super skunk-like traits that come out of it. I, um, I can't. I'm not even dissing it. I'm just saying that yeah. like, I didn't know him back then. I mean, I knew of him. You know, but like we lived on different coasts. Yeah. Well, it's not like we were in the same hood or the same homies or I ever saw his grow room or I ever smoked any of his fucking weed. Um, Snowcap is not Snowbud. Snowcap was a large yielding indica, um, but is not related to snow. So, yeah. Yeah. This, there's a guy here saying multiple LA by D Finos had root beer and as terps. Snowcap was being grown on Eddie Lepp's farm back in the day. I used to live about a mile from Eddie Lepp's farm. I used to go out there all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I stopped when he decided to buy seven acres across in the 20 and higher loations, and he was going to grow 32,000 plants. And I told him, I'm like, dude, if you do this, you know, the DEA is like, Oh three, I think, or something. I'm like, they'll never let you get away with it. Yeah. They'll never ever let you get away. You, you, they will come after you. They can't let you get away with it. Yeah. And they didn't, uh, he put Ooh, out 32 or 33,000 plants. And it was actually interesting the way he did it. People should know that he got medical cards for every six plants and he had a fucking grid Matt. Yeah. He had a map of his whole property where you got a 10 by 10 and six plants and it was all numbered. And every single one of those 32,000 plants had a fucking medical card attached to it That's with funny. six plants and a 10 by 10. That is funny. And he had a plan to have these all up and down California. Yeah. And it was going to be Eddie Lepp farms and you are going to be able to, you can grow your legal six plants, but maybe you live in a city and you can't, yeah. you can grow them out at Eddie's. Yeah, yeah. And you could you could actually like at Eddie Lepp's farm, you could go out there and um you could go out there, you could default. He would do a certain amount of work and a certain amount of basic food and this and that. And, you know, yeah. there's some shadiness to it, let's let's be real, but uh <laughs> you know, yeah. but weird. you could and he did give a lot of stuff to patients and he got ego um he got kind of his ego into his head and uh they busted him. Yeah. And he got 10 years. His wife died in prison. I believe of cancer. Um, and then he got out and he was sick and everybody was growing the size that he had the balls to grow yeah, and not getting in trouble for it. Um, so he was, yeah, he used to live in upper Lake. Um, I, I drive past his house that he used to have awesome, uh, often up there on the Hill. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, and he, I, I still have signed pictures of, because back then, a field of weed was like, you had to be up on Spyrock or you had to be out somewhere in the sticks. Yeah, yeah. For someone to grow something like that, you know? The real Trinity does have some pine nose. Skunk Six was a thing. Skunk Six was the old super skunk cut that got put into sour. Uh, it, it's a long story. We don't have, um, we won't chat about it here right this minute, but Skunk Six and the Super Skunk Cut that got brought west that Skunk VA post pictures of is the same plant. And it sounds like it was a Super Skunk hybrid. Was the last? Uh... It's basically the the breeder. It was a skunk. It was a skunk hybrid that he crossed to a bunch of things. He's kind of a rainbow hippie and and not the most. Uh, you know, a lot of these old timers they're short on specifics. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing a bunch of drugs and partying and taking acid and tripping around and breeding things and not taking notes. Yeah. And then some weed nerds 35 years later are like, what were you doing? You know, yeah. 1988, you know, get specifics. <laughs> what number was that? And people are like, oh man, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but, um, but what we do know is that it was a, it was, it was a skunk hybrid that he bred for a number of years. And the final thing he did was he crossed it to Neville's super skunk yes. from seed. And the, the Fino number six got sold on dead tour a whole bunch uh, and got, went out to Colorado, came out to California with us, became very famous. And it was only uh, was, called skunk six by a very, very small few groups. It was, we never called it skunk. In fact, there was yeah. multiple years of debate on whether or not the skunk six and the super skunk were the same cut. Yeah. It took tracking him down and having him confirm it because yeah. all the Cali people just called it super skunk. Yeah. And then some of the Colorado people that were like his old dead tour friends, some of them called it the six. So it's just that nickname shit again, you know? Yep. Why aren't the NLs after five around if they were made? Because uh, Greg well, explained Neville didn't, Neville didn't make use of them. Yeah, Greg explained That's really it. Spread them. Only the one and two were mostly indica. They got progressively more sativa because they were rated on height. And I think the six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, Neville just found to be a pain in the ass. If you look back over his early shit in like eighty-six and eighty-seven and eighty-eight or so, you can see NL nine, NL eight, you can see different ones bred into things. And then I think by eighty-nine or ninety, he had basically decided, I'm gonna use NL one, NL two, and NL five. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So those are the only ones that really got really got blended. That's really all it was. You know, he got them in 84 or 85 and he fucked around with them for four or five years. And then he settled on one NL5 female. And I believe all the NL1 and 2 he used was male. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, he used those You're as right. breeding males. You know? All right. I'm going to call this auction pretty soon. Again, get in the bids. People have bid a little bit more. I keep saying I'm going to call it, but uh, get in your bids within the next two minutes and uh, I'll call it. This is for the. Uh, banana chai F1s and the silver berries. Okay. What else we got? Trinity was awesome. I agree. We yeah, we someone, have it today. There's a bunch of the still oh. has a big ass cola of Trinity in their freezer from back in the day to compare to. Oh wow. Yeah. I and mean, that's the hard part is all the people that were involved with Trinity basically all lost it in the same two or three years. Yeah. And then by the time it floated back to people 15 years later, there's half the crew thinks that it's real. 
and the other half thinks it's even the people that think it's not real they think it's a close hybrid yeah like it's got trinity in it no one says it doesn't have any trinity in it it's just a matter of is it the cut i remember you know and how is yeah. my memory from 1999 to now and god knows how much it's changed environmentally since then and yeah it's a really hard thing to uh, line up like that you know so um Cat piss is still around. Our buddy uh, uh, 707 Seed Bank um, has cat piss in his work. I think that shoreline done outdoor is phenomenally more cat piss than any other cat piss I've ever smelled, including the San Diego. That thing is so cat pissy, uh, the, the outdoor grow of it that I have here. So, yeah, and there's, there's different, there's, there's more than one cat piss. Yeah, and the cat piss people do disagree on what is <laughs> yeah. cat piss. There's some Pittsburgh cat piss, and there's NorCal cat piss. There's the SoCal cat piss that he's that uh, Matt's familiar with, and there's debates around all that shit too. You know? Yeah, and a lot of them are like super silver haze types, where the terpenaline kind of leans toward uh, pissy, uh, pissy ammonia. Yeah, yeah. We still have the snow. I remember the snow. The snow came out of that same Trinity, came out of that same Eugene glass blower, small circles. Yeah. Um, our buddy CSI has had the snow since probably 98-ish, and he breeds it in all kinds of stuff. So it's yeah. there. I don't know the, the lineage on um, Shoreline at all. I mean, I'm, I'm like the last person to get it. <laughs> so. it, seems it's, it seems it's mysterious, so I don't... Albert Walker exists. Yep, it's around. It exists. So, um, and maybe I'll say this before we get off. Anybody that has anything old and rare, don't get rid of it. Yeah, please don't. Uh, right now, especially with the way pricing is and with, and with the pressures on the scene right now, there's a real risk for a lot of cool genetic diversity to go by the wayside um, because people might not have money or might get into a bad spot. And not, and might get worried about all oh, this is. I can't even sell this for what I I need. You know, it's not even worth. And then they just decide to get rid of it. And then you know, five ten years from now, there's a bunch of shit that we wish still existed. Yeah. So if you've got something that you love, try to hold on to it because you might be one of the few people left that has it. You never know. Yeah, you might be one of those people that has a contemporary line that's missing. You know, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, if you love yeah. something, hold on to it tight. Very much so. So, yeah, you know. dude, you're at three seventy. Three seventy. Yep. Things, things are climbing. Yeah, they're slowly climbing. I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, let's 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 end this auction, and then maybe I could do one more, and we'll talk about the NL projects and 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 kind of what we're seeing. Um, and we are. I think we're gonna have some. Uh, some Natsos LA Kush crossed to NL5 at some point. And yeah, we're going to have like, in the Maui good. too. Yeah. yeah. I've been, you know, I, uh, the Maui is, he's had it for probably over a year. It's just a matter of making its way into rotations and being crossed to things, you know? Yeah. There's um, some really exciting ones. The corn might be in there, which I think yeah. would be an interesting cross. Uh, the, the male NL5, that that we have as our keeper so far is is uh, a spitting resemblance to the purple indica, which I think is fascinating since it comes from the same area. You know? Yeah, it yeah. is fascinating. 
So that one's going to be also in the rotation, seeing how that purple indica lines up with that male. And I think that would be pretty fucking cool. It will be. I mean, we you have hope. Yeah. You know? The, that LA, that people have been, that LA Kush by Kim D, people have been finding killer stuff in it. Yeah, that's so, a great combo, it sounds like. It seems like that one really, that one really is like, people send me pictures all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, we can, we could we could maybe get uh, Pip on here one of these days, you know? Yeah, he's he wants little, to come he's, on. He, he's a little shy, but he's a good buddy of ours, so we could always ask him, you know? You know, right now it's a tough time because uh, the... The industry itself has changed so rapidly in the past few years that it's a real, it's, it's a hard time to get people excited about talking about cannabis when it's so, when the actual scene is so depressing right now. And yeah, so many of our friends, you know, um, and shout out to Down With Dirt. He just recently passed. Um, there's going to be a lot more of that going on and it's sad, but yeah, shout out to him. If you knew him, send his family love. And that's, that's actually something too, is like, there's a, not when I, what I just said about the clones, but about seed making too, where like there's a lot of diversity at risk yeah. um, because people need to be able to make enough money to survive. And as things get more centralized and more corporate and larger scale and a lot of the small garage size grows and a lot of the passion type people start getting pinched financially, it becomes a lot more difficult to be like, oh, should I dedicate this space to something that's just for me? Or yeah. should I just grow the whole thing based on whatever my buddy says he can get me for it right now? And so a lot of experimentation, um, a lot of experimentation is at risk because you've got to be surviving pretty well to be experimenting. Yeah. And yeah. what Matt was I just mean, saying is that there's a lot of people staring at survival. Doesn't mean it won't like shift and change, but right now there's a lot of people that have gotten used to living a certain way and making certain and making money off a certain way, and the weed game is dramatically changing. Yeah, you know it's really dramatically changing, and so uh, the people that are taking it over right now, they don't really care about diversity that much. They just they just care about margin and wanting to sell you some shit. So you could definitely lose a lot of shit in the next five or ten years. Yeah, you should, yeah. There's there's leaf irrigation in the headband and the chem D, so I'm not surprising you see it in the progeny. Will you answer Dickie's question if, if L.A. Kush is a five-fingered plant? <laughs> Please. Um, you know, that... That should vary, right? <laughs> it varies. It yeah. varies. I mean, it, 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 it's not specific. It's not a three-finger, yeah. but it could, have, it could have five, seven, you know? Um, you know? There is... That's... It, it's... I don't know that every there's a guy that said everything has OG Kush camera cookies in it. I don't think that's true. No, I mean um, even my cherry berry doesn't. AK forty seven blue bonnet. We did a bunch of stuff in this last blue round to try to keep that from being the norm. Um, and I made yeah. a great attempt at it. Anyway, he's it's true that a lot of stuff does, but there still is if you think about it. There's a bunch of stuff that doesn't. What's up, Cody? It's um uh, uh banana tie and the silver berries. I'm trying to think of what to put up after this one. I think uh, we're going to call it in a few seconds. I keep saying that, but it keeps going up. So I need to add something else in and we'll call it. I'm throwing it. LA Kush has, LA Kush has green leaves. I mean, I have, I have some pictures uh, posted on my page about, about it, various things. And he, yeah, it's, I mean, the one thing I'll say about diesels and LA and all that is that you are not identifying that shit by picture. 
Uh, old timers haze does not predate Sam. Sam was the one who introduced uh, haze to the seed world. Period. I mean, he he may not be a, a haze brother per se, but he was the one who brought the seed line to the old timers. Comes from Posi, right? Yeah, Positronics. Yes, I no, I don't know. Uh, old timers has a different claim on theirs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, calling it, calling it, calling it. Professor Q, 390, writing it down. And then I'm going to throw up the P91S1s. I'll just do a pack of that. I don't know if they'll sell for worth a shit. Well, let me write this down. Professor uh, 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 Q, 390. And this is the cherry berry. This is silver berry. And then banana tie. And I think I put in Bubbleberry V2 as well. So that's what you're getting. Professor Q, thank you very much. Um, so yeah, now I'm going to put up the um, P91S1s, start them at 200. And, and if you get them, you get them. Those of you that know, P91 is an old San Diego cut. Um, I didn't make very many of the S1s. I only had the cut long enough to make S1s and passed it out to uh, Canarado. Um, uh, one of the third gen dudes and um, genotype A2 in Michigan. Um, it's some type of old super skunk, silver pearl, maybe cross of some sort. We have the one of the original packs of the S1s right here. So $200. I'll throw in some more shit with it. And we got that. Okay. Now we can continue. I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm you sorry, don't have to apologize. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. I just spaced out for us. I realized we like been talking for a couple hours. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I've been trying to get I've been Where's trying to get Matt and a buddy to talk about the bull rider cut, but uh, yeah, it. Um, See, bull rider predated me in San Diego. By the time I got down to San Diego, there was no bull rider to be smoked except for Afghani bull rider, and I, I did have experience with the Afghani bull rider. It was one of the most dank, loud things that ever smelled in my life. But trying to find the original bull rider was just not happening. Um, a while ago, a buddy, Grayskull, um, sent me some seeds of the original bull rider bag seed. And I was originally going to give it to someone to tissue culture and thank the fucking stars I didn't do it. And um, recently sent those back to uh, uh, Grayskull so he could have them tissue cultured. So hopefully, yeah, Bull Mana, that, that was actually, it was called Bull Ghani, I think is what they kept calling the Afghani bull rider up in Mendo when they brought it down. Yeah, uh, that's, that's my coverage on bull riders. Probably some kind of NL5 haze. If Betsy, it really is its sister. And, and to be um, compared to it, I would guess like skunk one NL5 haze, something like that. I mean, uh, Betsy still exists yeah. and is held by friends. But I, we don't know anybody that we know. I don't know about Afgu either. Afgu is still around. Yeah, um, um, uh, Pat has it. Oh, yeah, I fucking love Afghui. I want to make I a fucking actually sweet love to that shit. I you like that one? That, and I haven't seen that one in a long ass time at this point. Did you like it when you did? I see did it? like it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was we're gonna like have some a... um, train wreck cross to it soon too. Oh boy! Oh, a hog's breath question. What was hog's breath? There was Tennessee hog's breath and San Diego hog's breath. Yeah, no, that was a, a Adam Dunn lie. There was no such thing as a Tennessee hog's breath. Hog's breath was a San Diego original. Uh, one of my first mentors was the person who bred it, and uh, he passed away. Um, but, yeah, it, it was 
God knows what it was. He said so many different things that it could have been just keeping people on their toes, but it, it was fucking dank. It was very, like, cheesy, toe funk, fucking... It's a little bit of sweet, depending on how you uh, grew it. You could get some fruity expressions from it, too, but most of it, the way James grew it, was fucking foot funk, cheesy, nasty. It was great. That's good. People are, A bunch of people are saying they still have it, or it's still kicking around Hawaii, and still this and that so that's nice i mean you know one of the things that's cool is like if you live in an area where there's not so much pressure to change a lot of old yeah. cool shit can just kind of stay around because people can grow it and find a home for it pretty easy in california you get stuck where it's like oh this you have to do this you have to do this oh that doesn't work anymore you have to do this yeah you know and now it seems like it's really bad where prices are so low and things are so rough like people don't even know where to turn and by the time they start growing something they think is going to be the next big thing it's already played out yeah and there's a lot of there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of flash in the pan type stuff where for a minute it gets a good ticket and people are all excited about it and then one too many greenhouses or indoors gets it and then nobody wants it yeah you know so after we uh, was just that that there's one thing about Afkui I always remembered. Like any time Afkui was in a hybrid, that that turf would dominate real well. And it was to me the way I, the way I always smelled it was like a a blueberry cantaloupe type. It, it was just so addictive, and it's it's always stuck with me over the years. And my favorite Afkui cross was done by Bodie, and it was the Afkui Double Purple Doja, which is like an Apollo 13 type, and mm -hmm. it just had these fucking massive yielding fucking Afkui turps. Uh, he sent me some of the last of those seeds that I really need to get some more made. Yeah, Two Dog was asking, um, I think Sour D preceded any of the other stuff in the sense that um, when Sour D was getting passed around, that's what it was called. It was years before New York City Diesel or East Coast Sour Diesel or, you know, Shroomy Cut or, you know, yeah. Amish or you know, all that different types of stuff. And that's what makes it so confusing is everybody just got a cut of Sour D. UK cheese is a pheno of skunk one, we believe. Yep. Okay, so. here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in something extra with the P91S1. I, I keep saying I'm going to do it. Now, I think this is, uh, hold on. I think this is only six seeds. Let me, let me make sure. But this is the banana chunk, and it has the first name on it because this is the old original packaging of, uh, I think I called it Deep Bananas at first, which is the Chunky Monkey. Deep Chunk plat uh, Platinum Banana OGBX1. Oh, fuck, I just found them fucking treasure trove of seeds. I just found just a bunch in this one. How about that shit? So there will be 10 seeds in this pack. Hot damn. Love when that happens. So that and the P91S1 are up right now. Um, this is a really rare line that we put out there's a lot of pictures of it out there and it was fucking phenomenal i've been trying to keep enough back to remake it but yeah i'll put this one out there and maybe someone else will remake it i didn't take any shrooms no <laughs> i didn't no shrooms today no shroom no no shrooms today no, no. i don't I, if i'm gonna do that kind of thing i'm definitely not gonna talk in public you know yeah for a while there i got i got to where I was taking so many shrooms that I could, I could like keep my cool better than I could being fucking stoned in a, in a room on shrooms. 
There is a ruby red grapefruit Fino that people love out of Soma's NYCD. Oh, the yeah. thing that people get upset about with Soma is that he took supposedly some bag seed of sour, brought it to Europe, and crossed it to some kind of Afghani fruity thing that he had over there. <clears throat> and then he called it diesel. Yeah. And sold it as the real deal sour diesel at a time when it was hard to get. And uh, that's why people get upset because if you're, it's nothing like real sour or the diesel family. Yeah, not even close. It has a lot of, it does, I mean, people like that. I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying yeah, it isn't yeah. it, you know? And uh, who has real sour diesel crosses? Um, I do. You know, there's. ESI does. Archive yeah, does. There's, there's different things about it, you know, like it, it, um, sour diesel is another one of those where people are coming out of the woodwork with real deal sour. We could probably yeah. do a whole show on, on what we know and don't know that would upset a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, the good part is that most of the diesel cuts are pretty nice. Yeah. Most, of the, most of the phenos that exist are pretty nice weed. So if you get stuck with one that isn't the really nice, isn't the real deal, you know? Um, and then someone was saying something before about what you see first, Urkel or Lavender. I kind of saw them at the same time. Um, right around oh three oh four, yeah. Um, so I uh, that was right around that same time, and that was about four or five years after I had popped Mendo P. Uh, there was definitely nothing like Mendo P when it first came out, um, as far as something that just naturally turned purple that deep. There's yeah. plenty of Afghans that turn purple with cold, and you know, as as October came along and outdoor and stuff, if you left let them out and let the second run go late and it got cold at night, they could turn deep purple. But um, it was four or five years before that next wave came. So, and I don't know when it started. That's what I was saying before a couple a long time ago. Is uh, we don't really know what year Urkel popped or where it popped or who did it exactly. There's various people that claim it, but. Um, one thing we know is that it wasn't called Purple Urkel when it first showed up. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say the name because it's not my story to tell. And I don't want to give people, you know, ammo to fucking fake it. But yeah, it was not called Purple Urkel when it first showed up. Yeah, just like, just, just like I was saying before, like you don't want to give out, uh, you don't want to give out sometimes real info because people will use it. And um, like, you know, like I don't watch this shit, but Matt watches a bunch of like, murder mysteries and you know uh, <laughs> people doing bad stuff to each other yeah. and a lot of times the cops in stories will put out one or two things that's a lie about the story right did you know that Matt yeah. they do yeah. that and they do that because so they can weed out all the all the like hot tips that they get that use that bit yeah because human nature you put out a story and some people will start calling and start oh I saw and so they put out some fake information just to make sure that they can weed out. Because if we, if he said what it was, then there'd be a bunch of stories about, oh, my uncle from Whitethorn grew this and we called it that. So it must be, you know, by my yeah. seeds. You know, I have kryptonite and it throws a lot of Mendo perps phenos. There's a lot of people that have Mendo perps in their stuff that don't want to say there's Mendo perps in their stuff. Yeah. You know? That's, and it's really obvious when, when it's in your stuff. 
yeah there's uh there's there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of modern stuff that has mendo p in it that people never want to admit that it's in it yeah so you know but that's pretty common yeah jim ortega on a podcast i don't fucking know that guy is a sketch yeah about being in public he did some prison time uh he came from a different era of cannabis i don't think he has any interest in being public Although I would personally love to pick that dude's brain for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, so. Um, but yeah, Jim Ortega is, uh, you know, he gave some really important strains to Neville. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he's kind of a total mystery. And Kush 4 is going to be one of the ones that you will see in the NL5 cross. Crossheads. And maybe, maybe in the Hawaiian Lights, too, if we're lucky. Did I take cuts? I uh, I used to take cuts of uh, most. A lot of breeders do this. Uh, CSI certainly does. Is you take cuts of everything you're about to bloom from seed stocks. So if you find it and you love it, you still have it. So that's yeah. why the Mendo Perp survived. So um, they have fifty year old seeds. Will they pop? What do you it's think? Unlikely. Also? Unlikely. Yeah. I will say that the the couple seeds of mendo perps that i had um although it wasn't called that i named it that but the couple seeds i got were 21 years old at the time that i got them and they popped um 20 year old seeds can pop 50 year old seeds seems like it's going way back i mean that would be like 1970 yeah right that's way back Cheese Northern Lights, yes, there will be cheese Northern Lights. Absolutely. I think this is a great one, great idea from Phenodelphia. He said, I'd like to hear anonymous people on the podcast, like they say what their role is without saying exactly who they are or giving up identifying details. That would be awesome. And we are planning to pop the purest very, very soon. We are going to follow through on um, the, the newest Northern Lights acquisitions. Unfortunately, we did not get as many of those seeds as we did of the uh, NL5 and the Hawaiian Lights. We are going to try to do something with them worthwhile if if anything is worth, worth doing with, if that makes sense. Uh, there's a question. I'm pretty sure that, that there's some Mendo P in the cookie. I'm not going to go into that whole thing either right now because that's a whole story and would probably cause a bunch of guff, but I guess it it was good for two hours. Yeah. And took a shit, so. <laughs> That's all good. I do believe that there is Mendo P in, in cookies. Uh, the story is definitely for another time. There's a lot. It's kind of complex, but, uh, yeah. you know, um, I, I mean, there's really what it boils down to, too, is there's 20, 20 some years ago, there wasn't as nearly as many people breeding as there is now mm-hmm. because there wasn't money involved uh as much there wasn't really american seed companies doing stuff and so most people breeding were doing it just kind of for the love of it or or to try to like give good weed to their friends yeah and so as a result of that an inordinate amount of um the stuff that people were working on made its way into a lot of the stuff that's famous now just because there was only such a big pool to to pull from you know it's kind of is kind of the way it happened yeah I guess we've been doing this a while. Um, I'm, I'm going to call the auction. Give about call the auction, and we're good. And we yeah. can do it. We can do it again. Yeah, we will do it. And next time, I promise you, not so we'll be more naked and um, HD. 
HD, HD dick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, it's just chin up. So, you know, I, I yeah. can do it full buff and nobody <laughs> knows. No. Thanks so much. Thank, Nacho, yeah. for coming Thank on everybody for listening. Shit. Everybody Thank have you. a real good night. And uh, yeah, indeed. Good seeing you, brother. Good seeing Thank you too. Thanks to everyone who showed up. And um, yeah, all love from all of us.